Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real Phony gon' recognize, still, still recognize with Like we always do with this time Welcome, 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 everybody, to the KIRP Radio Show. I'm your host, Pudgy. You guys know who it is. It is 8 p.m. Eastern Time, baby, on this beautiful February 26, 2012. Almost at 2011. What's wrong with me? Anyway, it's All-Star Weekend. It's the red carpet weekend, and all the stars are out playing. It's also Daytona week, weekend, too, and uh, all the stars are out of the house. The stars are out and about, and the paparazzi are popping. They're out there taking pictures all over the place. Stars can't hide. The cameras are everywhere. The camera was even in Whitney Houston's funeral. Wow. The media, man. The media has no regard for personal respect whatsoever. Ever. 
no regard for personal respect whatsoever. The Inquirer had a picture of uh, Whitney Houston in her coffin on the front page. Walking in supermarkets, I won't, I won't, you know, I'm not gonna say any names for any supermarkets. You, you get no free ad time over here. <laughs> but uh, walking that supermarket, you know the big one that that always had one register, and you gotta wait in there four and five hours just to pay for a, 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 a candy bar or something like that. So walking that store, you know, they have magazines all over the place. So, or walk into your local supermarket and look for the Inquirer. I, I will get that name dropped because everybody knows who the Inquirer is. You know, the aliens are coming and George Bush is an alien and Barack Obama is an alien. All, all, the, president, all, the, all the presidents have been aliens, by the way. But, but uh, you know, look at the Inquirer and uh, you'll see Whitney Houston in her coffin, in her casket on the day of her home going on the front of that newspaper. And I thought that was absolutely tacky, but, uh, that's the inquirer, man. And that's what it is folks. So it's a big weekend, man. Just let everybody know what's going on out there. Last week, my girl, get your Twitters ready for all you Twitter folks out there at symbol, Sonny Johnson, Sonny with an O S O N N I E Johnson, Sonny Johnson, international superstar, celebrity, movie star, motivational speaker. You guys know who she is, man. She held me down on the show last week. So I want you guys, if you haven't heard the show last week, you didn't listen to it, check the podcast on uh, iTunes. You know we're on iTunes now. We're doing quite well on iTunes, by the way. I, I like that. Maybe maybe we need to move on to bigger and better things. But right now, check out the uh, replay last week. Sonny Johnson came on. You know, some of you guys know her from introducing Breitbart at CPAC. She was the... Uh, Chocolate Thunder, the chocolate black woman with the long, silky black hair and the small, teeny, tiny black dress. She's going to kill me for that one. But the teeny, teeny, tiny black dress, the go-get'em dress, as my sister-in-law says, the freak'em dress. And, uh, you know, she was holding it down, man. You know, she was classy, definitely heels and all that. She came on and uh, she introduced Breitbart at CPAC. And uh, I got to say, man, she did an extraordinary job. I don't think there was anybody else in the world that could have introduced that man as uh, as as crazy as he is. Uh, you know, Sonny, she's just as crazy. At least that's what liberals call us anyway. And, and I won't say all liberals, but that's what most liberals call us. They call us crazy. People like Sonny, Breitbart, and I. And, and I will say Breitbart is, uh, yeah, he's a little bit crazy, bro. Breitbart, Andrew, just want to let you know. You're a little bit crazy. I think he knows that. But anyway, he's, it's all funny games. So Sunny came on and she hosted the show last week. And uh, man, the ratings were crazy. She actually held it down. And what she did, she did some beautiful things. And she talked about some things that a lot of people were commenting to me about. And you know, I just referred him back to Sunny because I couldn't. It, there's no way I could come behind that. You know, her preparation was there. Her delivery was there. Her topics were on point. You could tell they were from the heart. Well thought about. And and the way she expressed those things, uh, the way she expressed her views were beautiful. I, I, I at least I felt like, and apparently a lot of the list, a lot of other listeners thought so because you know they sent me emails. So if you hear something on this show, and I'm pretty sure I will piss you off in this show, or somebody's gonna piss you off. Hit us up, man. K I R P Radio at Gmail dot com. Send your comments and let us know what's going on. Let us know how you feel, what you're doing, and uh, how we pissed you off and how I could, uh, you know, maybe uh, make it up to you or something like that. But, um, you know, Sunny came on last week. She held it down. She's B.I.G. 
This week we got a hell of a topic, folks. It's going to be uh, we're going to take some calls this week, and you guys know I don't take a lot of calls because there are a lot of crazy lunatics out there. And uh, frankly, I don't, I really don't have time to get all the calls in that I would want to. So uh, on most days that we do take calls, uh, we don't take a lot because we like to let people express themselves and to get uh, everything that they have to say out. We we love for people to get their voice out. We love to hear everything that they have to say. This is not your typical radio show. I'm not going to big mic someone. Shout out to Charlotte Bergman, uh, who held it down, seventh, I think 7th District. Uh, she's running for 7th District uh, Congressional Candidate in Tennessee. But uh, she got big mic by this guy, and I can't remember his name, man, some idiot. Uh, who invited her on the show. I'm sure everybody's seen it by now. It was a viral video. Charlotte went on the show. This guy, Big Mike, though, wouldn't let her talk, wouldn't let her get her points across, you know, bombarded her with questions upon questions. And, you know, that's just tackety me, man. And that's what a lot of radio shows do. That's what a lot of talk shows do. And, and frankly, that's what the media does. They try to hit you with uh, uh, talking points and, and a lot of rhetoric, and you don't get a chance to really say what you want to say. I know I've called in the numerous radio shows and I never get my point across because they don't give you enough time. They don't give you enough burn to do what you need to do and say what you need to say. So uh, this is not that show. This is KIRP Radio Show, the number one black conservative radio show in the southeastern United States, baby, online. We're definitely holding it down. WMMG's home of the KRP Radio Show. And real soon, folks, we're going to bring you guys some more shows on our network. Um, if you guys are followers on Blog Talk, that will change to WMMG, and you'll find a host and variety of other shows for the time being on that site. It won't only be KRP Radio Show. We're working on some other things, and we got some beautiful people. There'll be some people that that there'll be some folks that don't share my views always. Okay, uh, one thing about me, I'm a centrist. I'm a conservative by by self-proclamation, but I'm also a centrist, and I lean a little bit to the right according to history. That's just what I believe. But at the end of the day, I think that all people should be justified by proper representation, and that's what we don't have, and I'm definitely anti-all government. I'm anti-big government, by the way. I understand we need some kind of government. I understand that they have to be involved with the people. They have to make some decisions, but the representatives do not represent us properly, and no one I mean, absolutely no one. I don't care who you conservatives out there are, are pulling for. I don't care who you support, who you campaign with, who you've heard talk, who you met, who wife you hug, who mama you slap, baby you kiss, whatever. You're not going to tell me that there's any candidate out there, presidential candidate included. I'm talking about Barack Obama. There's no candidate out there that represents the middle people, the people that pay their bills, that pay their rent, that work every day, that hardly can afford to put gas in their car without thinking about another decision. There's no one out there that represents us, those people, the working class, the middle people, the center people, the people that pay the most taxes. There's nobody out there that represents us the most. I'm here to tell you, and that's what I think we need more of. I think more people need to start representing the middle ground. So that's who I am. That's what I believe in. And if you don't like it, Hit me up, kirpradio at gmail.com. Send me an email if you don't like it, and I'll get at you. You know, we can we can talk about it because I don't believe that everything I think is right. This is not Rush. Shout out to Rush Limbaugh, Big Mouth on radio. Everybody knows Rush is, Rush is a big mouth. He knows he's a big mouth. He's a shock jock. Uh, he don't like to say that, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, Today, folks, I got a special guest that's about to come on the show uh, in just a little. His name is A. 
L. Fleming. Let me get that right because I'm I'm all about titles. You you guys know that if you listen to the show before, um, anytime I talk about the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, I like to say his name properly. I like to give him his Reverend first. It's not like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. Them boys, them guys, then drop their Reverend and their Deacon, and you know they just go by Al and they just go by Jesse. I don't do that. Shout out to my man, Dr. A. L. Fleming, president of Woodson University here in Concord, North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it's Concord, but uh, this man is an extraordinary guy, a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant mind. I, I had the pleasure to sit in a meeting with him once, and uh, hey, I'm, I'm impressed. Anytime there's, let me tell you something, and y'all might not believe this, people might think I'm crazy, and a lot of people say, ah, oh, P, you just tripping, Pudgy tripping again, he's tripping. Let me tell y'all something, right? Anytime a black man sits at the table, okay, with, uh, let's just say, uh, some of the more prominent politicians or, or, or white men in society, period, uh, people that hold high positions, and anytime there's a black man that sits at that table who I can kick it with on this level, like I'm talking to you now, who understands what I'm saying, who understands what I mean when I say I'm chilling, Anytime there's a black man that sit at the table, a young black man that sit at the table like that, and he brings his A game, and we can get off, we can walk step away from that table and really chit chat about things that just make common sense that all people really should know about. I'm impressed, and let me tell you something: everybody's impressed. People won't give you your props. I'm sorry, they won't give you your props. To my man, Doctor A. L. Fleming, I'm impressed by you, brother. I'm impressed by your knowledge. I'm impressed by your intelligence. And I'm impressed by how well you can just kick it. A lot of people just can't kick it. But hold up one hold up one second, though. I just got to say this. I got to say this because I know there's a lot of people going, oh, he's, he's a racist. Oh, he's talking about he's impressed by black people. Why black people got to talk bad? I never said black people got to talk bad. I never said I wasn't impressed by black folks. I never said black people wasn't impressive. I'm a black guy. Frankly, all I'm saying is that I'm equally as impressed but white guys who can sit at a table with the same kind of audience, who can bring their A game, and who knows what I mean when I say, yes, yeah, son, I'm chilling. I'm equally impressed. Just got to let you guys know that before you go off on your rampages about uh, how prejudiced I am or how biased I am or how much I hate this, that, and the other. Anyway, man, my buzz is going off. I see my producer. I got to get a commercial in, folks, but coming up, is the Stretching Your Budget Report by the Triad Super Saver herself, my girl Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com. So while this commercial plays, I want you guys to log on to Stretching Your Budget. Uh, first, get it right. Go ahead and pull up another tab. If you listen to the show on uh, on on KRPRadioShow.com, I want you to pull up another tab. You got the tab up? Everybody got it up? All right. Make sure you got it up. Go to StretchingYourBudget.com because that's my girl Charlotte's website. And Charlotte's going to come on here and break down, I don't know, she's going to talk about saving a couple of dollars, saving some money, folks. She's going to tell you how to live a little bit more frugal. Maybe I need to talk like that so people will get it. Anyway, man, coming up in one minute, my girl Charlotte with the StretchingYourBudget.com report. One minute, we'll be right back after this commercial. Yeah.
Soundshoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to Soundshoe.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for Soundchew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. stretchingyourbudget.com report coming to you live from a station near you. Let me stop. I sound like the radio station guys now. Charlotte, how you doing, love? Doing good. How are you? I am wonderful. I hope you are. I am. It's good to have you back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I I, I listened to the show in, uh, last week, and I, I see you and Sonny talking a little bit of junk, man. <laughs> well, you know, we we have a challenge here that uh, I think people want us to keep our bargain up. So, man, you know we what? Get this done. We need to go ahead and just schedule a date so I can kick your butt because I'm 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 sick of waiting. I could just you know I already know I already know I'm the best shopper in the world. I got it. I got this. Oh uh-huh. yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what you got for us this week, Charlotte? First, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. First of all, how's the family? The family's good. They're doing good. Thank Shout you for asking. How's your family? My family's great. They are. They were eating. I don't know what they're doing now. I'm gone. Um, so what you got for us this week, man? I know you got some good stuff for us. I, I, I love what you gave us last week. That was that was nice. Cool. Well, this isn't going to be like a topic that probably some people might not want to hear. I don't know. You might, but it's it's about saving money, but it's um talking about credit cards so oh, um, some people might love them I unfortunately hate them so I'm just giving <laughs> you my still why so. <laughs> uh oh I, I don't know if I want to hear this but you know what I need to hear it and I know the information is good so you got it <laughs> okay alright so um, I don't know if anybody has heard of Dave Ramsey but he's one of the um, financial uh, gurus out there right now and we're actually going through or actually teaching Financial Peace University which is one of the things that um, he offers and uh, so this week's lesson was about credit charts and so it just kind of hit home with me and I thought I'd share a little bit with you guys so um, what our goal for my family this year is to actually be debt free this year in 2012 Woo-hoo. Um, so that's really exciting and I just want to you know, for those of you that are just listening for the first time or um, haven't heard me talk very much, um, you know, we're on one income, so my husband is um, still unemployed, but um, so one income, and we are going to be debt-free this year, so 
Um, it's totally possible. You just have to have some dedication and willpower. And it's not always easy. So, um, you know, for those of you that are wanting to wave the magic wand, <laughs> that's not available. So, um, But with credit cards, uh, you know, the main reason and the main way we are able to be debt-free is because we got rid of our uh, credit cards. Um, you know, it's kind of a security thing. I was talking to a coworker of mine and, you know, she's been through financial peace and I was asking her why she can't seem to break free of credit cards and um it just seemed to her that it was more of like a security thing. It was just easier just to swipe the card, not think about it. Um and that's one of the things that um research shows by swiping your credit card there's no um, emotions to that. They're, they've actually done studies, and, you know, your mind actually doesn't even respond to the fact that that was an emotional action. So you just swipe, and it's done. You didn't think about it, and um, you don't really think about the consequences later. But if you actually pay with cash, it shows um, research, re- uh, excuse me, research shows that uh, it's like an emotional thing. You feel it hurts to, like, give away your money. Like, if you use cash, for me, I don't li- I'm don't. i less likely to pass that money over the counter. I would rather say, okay, do I need that or do I not? Because I'm actually seeing that money leave my hands. So, um, you know, although cash is not always as convenient as credit cards, it is the best way um, to get your life and your money on track. Um you know, in all of our coupon classes that we teach, we teach to start off when you coupon to use cash because it's so easy to want to stock up on all the best deals and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting all this free. And you intend to go overboard. So by using cash, it still makes you stick to your budget. So um, whatever it might be, whether it's couponing um, that you tend to spend a lot of money on or just going shopping for clothes, whatever it might be, um, I would just encourage you all to try to live on a cash system. And it sounds really old school. I know that, you know, credit cards are the way of the future. But some some of the negatives that I just wanted to bring up for using credit cards um, is that you can tend to overspend. Like I was saying earlier, it's easy just to swipe that card and not think about it. By overspending, you have to cover later. So if you spend now, you've got to come up with that money later. Otherwise, your interest rate is going to go through the roof, and that $10, um, you know, Happy Meal and Combo at McDonald's ends up being $50. So just because it's convenient and easy to swipe the card, it's not always the best option. Um, another negative that I would say is easier to go into debt because you're, um, you know, more likely to just buy things and say, oh, I'll cover it later, I'll get a bonus next month, and I can spend that on that. But you end up spending that bonus on something else, and that credit card debt is still luring over your head. Other negatives, who wants to be called by collectors thousands of times a day because they want those um, debts paid? You know, it's just nothing that you need to stress about. Nobody wants to have to deal with that, and I don't want you guys to have to deal with that. The other negative that I wanted to say is identity theft. It's really rampant. Um, This is the second time we've gone through this financial peace class, and each class we've had, there's been at least one person that has been um, a victim of identity theft. So it's um, it's 
absolutely out there, and um, it's actually kind of scary to think about what they can do with credit cards. Um, I was actually um, reading something the other day that said that they have, and I'm sure other people are really up to this, and I'm probably not, but um, they have these skimmer things that um, you can just walk by and somebody can just skim, like, your purse, and you don't even take your card out of your wallet, and they grab, like, a microchip information, and it just feeds to their um, computer devices or whatever. So that's just scary to me, and I don't want to lose my money to some scams. So, you know, cash is just something that we have stuck to. So that's just my brief topic, and if you guys like it, I can go into more until next time. But um, just try to stick to cash because, honestly, it will make your life hundred times easier, and you can pay off your debt much quicker. No doubt, I I I, I can vouch for that because I'm <laughs> I uh I've been known to grab that credit card real quick, like <laughs> grabbed it it's today. As a matter of fact. Um, let me ask you a question though. How do you feel about? I, I know a lot of people who uh they have a particular card for all their finances and they settle that card at the end of the month. There's a lot of people I know that use these American Express cards where you have to pay the balance off at the end of the month. Um, what do you think about those, and, and are they real practical? Um, you know, if you are very diligent in the fact that you pay your card off every single month, you're never late, you know, there's, I don't really see anything wrong with it other than the fact that the things I was talking about as far as identity theft and stuff. But, you know, if you are absolutely sure that you feel comfortable with yourself, that you mm-hmm. can pay that stuff off, I say go for it. Um but a lot of people hide behind the fact that they're like, oh, I, I'm going to get this credit card, I'm going to get all these points, and I can turn these into things, and then you end up getting yourself into a mess. Ah. So don't let the fact that you can earn something, that's where they get you a lot of times, you know, be the deciding factor. You know, you can talk to me, and we will find other ways for you to earn a gift card or something. So I just, it, it, for businesses still, I still think that um, – you know, actually, one of the people in our class owns their own um, company, and they are a cash-based company. They they pay their payroll in cash. They pay everything in cash. So, I mean, there's still places out there. So, you know, and with the fact that you have cash, I think that's the only way to say you actually have, like, liquid assets. You know, credit cards, you might have a $50,000 credit limit, but that's not your money. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. if you have cash, you can actually say that is mine. <laughs> I get that. Okay. I totally get that. Well, let me let me ask you: is is what you've been seeing out here? Because I know you talk to a lot of people who are who've been in different situations, who are in different situations, and what may have you. But are there are, are people excited about money anymore, or, or does it seem people are depressed about their finances right now? Because I don't hear a lot of enthusiasm when I talk to people about finances or about money uh these days. Even even people that work at financial institutions, it's almost a process. You don't you don't hear people being excited about uh loans or, or business grants or things of that nature. So so what are you hearing out there or, or what are you seeing out there in the financial aspect of the country, Charlotte? You know, it's it's true. I mean a lot of with the past few years and the economy the way that it it's the recession that we've gone through, there are a lot of um, people that are turning away because they have to from loans and mortgage lenders and that kind of thing because 
they've been restricted. You know, a lot of banks are not giving out money like they used to. So by default, people aren't allowed to be able to go and go to the bank and get, um, you know, loans as easily as they used to be able to. So a lot of people are turning to cash because that's the only thing that they can do. You know, a lot of people are having to rent versus buy um, homes or lease versus pay for cars. So, you know, the the banks themselves are hurting because they're not allowed to, to distribute as much money as they used to be able to. So I definitely think that there is a, you know, fall as far as, uh, you know, banks are going. But, you know, I think that people are discouraged. Nobody wants to talk about their finances. I mean, like the Bible says, money is the root of all evil. It's, it's so true. I mean, it's the biggest, if not biggest, argument among couples um, and the one of the biggest reasons for divorce is finances. So, you know, the best advice that I can give is if you are married that you need to be on the same page with your spouse. Communication is the only way that you will get through finances. You know, I can't tell you how many people and couples that I have seen that are have their finances separate mm-hmm. and they end up sleeping in separate beds after it's all said and done. Everything begins to separate. There's no unity. Um, (laughs) You're always wondering what's going on with the other person's finances. Are you spending it on this or this? You know, there's a lack of trust. Um, I mean, finances is huge, and and there's a lot of people that do not want to talk about it because it's brutal, you know, sometimes when you sit down and see what you're spending, you know, when you actually look, oh, my gosh, I'm spending $1,000 on eating out. You know, and the fact that you actually have to cut things. Nobody likes to get rid of things. <laughs> so it's definitely a huge issue that's kind of going undiscussed. But, uh, you know, it's something that's going to have to be addressed or the recession is not going to get any better. I'm glad you said that because I, I, think, I think it's important to talk about. And, you know, just to my wife, I got I just need to tell her real quick, baby, if you spend $1,000 eating out, <laughs> we're gonna be. <laughs> I can't even get it out, man. We're gonna be spending. Uh, we're gonna be spending our money on separate rent, separate beds, separate everything. Nah, let me stop. That's my baby. She spend what she wants. As long as we got a roof over our head, we good. <laughs> well, the one thing that, um, and I will say this, but you know, it, I, I really enjoy Dave Ramsey. If you guys have never, uh, this is no plug or anything, but I just really enjoy his teaching. But if you never listen to it. Uh, I definitely would recommend, you know, at least checking out some of this stuff. But the one thing that he says, you know, despite his credit card companies are going to call you and bug bug you, but he, the one thing that it sticks out in my mind is pay the four necessities, shelter, um, clothing, food, and utilities. So as long as you make sure your family is covered, those companies will wait till next month. You know what I mean? So as yeah. long as you take care of your family. Um, it's just, you know, it's just crazy to me to see how many people are struggling and are, like, refusing to get help. You know what I mean? There's yeah. so many resources out there, um, but because of pride or whatever it may be, um, they refuse to, to, to get help, and then they end up in, in more trouble. So. Wow. Well, yeah, I, I would I would definitely like for you to uh, expand on, on credit cards because, you know, speaking on just some of the things that you said so far as people getting help, um, there are a lot of people that are in great credit card debt 
and there are different different insurances or or different uh precautionaries that you can take um precautionary methods that you can take to prevent you from uh getting in massive credit card debt so uh yeah yeah maybe expand on that and, and i would love for you to come back and talk about that a little more okay definitely well you know the the magic question is uh coming up as usual <laughs> and you uh, listened to last week i'm sure yeah, I did hear last week. Good looking, Sunny. By the way, man, she asked you about the yeah, shout outs. So this week, I want to ask you: uh, Do you have any shout outs? <laughs> well, I don't know if you would call it a shout out, but um, a good friend of mine, uh, actually a coworker, her husband is battling leukemia, so I just want to give like a shout out to him, letting him know that we're thinking and praying about him. So definitely, definitely, big shout out. Big shout out to your friend, man, and and. Leukemia is is a uh, that's a battle, you know that's a battle. And uh, Charlotte, I definitely appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, we'll get at you next week. All right, have a good week. All right, one love. Six one nine six three eight eight five five nine is the number. Hit us up, man, and we're gonna take your questions up real soon. Coming up in the next segment, we have my man A L. Excuse me, the doctor A L. Bryant's coming on the show. President of Woodson University coming on to hold it down. We got a couple more things to go through. We're gonna talk about some news before we go on with my man, Mr. Bryant, Mr. Doctor Bryant. God, I gotta get that right. Also, um, if you wanna call in six one nine six three eight eight five five nine is the number. Please hit number one if you wanna comment. If you don't have anything to say, don't hit one, and we will let you alone. We won't bother you whatsoever. So we'll just let you listen to the show. Also, if you're online, www.kirpradioshow.com is the website to listen to the show. Just give it a second, scroll down, and the show will play automatic, up-to-date, and current. There's about a 20-second delay, maybe a minute delay. Also, hit us up on iTunes podcast, K-I-R-P space Radio Space Show. We're on iTunes and the numbers are looking good, by the way. Shout out to all my iTunes listeners out there. And you can hit us up if you're on Facebook. That's Facebook.com backslash KRP Radio Show. Hit us up. Leave your comments on there. And that's where my man John will get to you on the blog. Leave your comments for me or for John or for the listeners or for Dr. Brian or for anybody that's been on the show or Charlotte or whatever you need to do. You can also email us at krpradio at gmail.com. And we got one more thing before we go to commercial break. Twitter, hit us up with your Twitter shout-outs, man, at symbol K-R-R-P radio show, at symbol N-C Pudgy is me. If you got a shout-out, hit us up. We'll be right back with the shout-outs after this commercial, baby. Yeah, here we go. Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? Wee! Wee, wee, wee! 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 Yeah? You're home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. All 
across America, the NFL and United Way are inspiring kids to get healthy and more active. Join the Play 60 movement. Pledge to Play 60 today at liveunited.org. Sixty thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every one hundred ten children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at eight hundred four four two two seven six two. Again, that's eight hundred four four two two seven six two. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. that you've been paying the bill on for so long and you've just been moving stuff into and you're ready to get rid of it when you look at it all the time. Well, if you do, make sure you contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away. Again, that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington, North Carolina. Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates, sterling, old furniture, pottery, signs, old toys, and etc. Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. Again, that's Wayne Prophet. That's the man you want to talk to at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. And if you get a hold of Wayne, guess what? He'll come to you free of charge. And if you can't get to him at that number, make sure you dial this other number, 336 675 4897. And don't forget, Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques says, don't forget the reason for the season. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919-426-5455. Again, 919-426-5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. Remember this number, 9.8. That's not the time on the shot clock. For the seconds left in the game. It's not the number of times I will light you up. Nah, 
9.8 is there any of that? It's ounces. And that makes this the lightest ever. the KIRP Radio Show, WMMG's home of the KIRP Radio Show, the number one black conservative radio show in the southeastern United States. <laughs> yeah, it feels good being number one, baby, because that's how we do it. There's no number two. We're number one on this thing, man. Conservatives, move out the way, baby. This is what we do. Shout out to all the listeners out there, man. Everybody that always come through and support the show. Really appreciate you guys, man. 619-638-8559 is the number. If you want to call into the show and make sure if you have a comment, if I piss you off enough to have a comment, woo, hit number one and I'll get you on the air. And, you know, we'll let you rock. We won't cut you off unless, you know, you, you start talking about aliens and aircrafts, but we might even let you do that. Farrakhan, do it. You can do it. Ooh, I got to watch my back for that one, right? Shout out to the Minister Farrakhan because I respect the man. I don't care what you other conservatives think. Smart man right there. Anyway, shout out list, man. Time for the shout out list, and uh, the shout out list comes from all over the place, you guys. But if you want on Twitter and you want on Facebook and you want on the Hip Hop Conservative blog and a couple of other blogs that we post this on, too bad. Shout out list, man. Shout out to Dan Forrest running for lieutenant governor out of North Carolina and his run for run for us run campaign and his family out there, man. That came from Velvet. Shout out to Velvet too, man. You guys are B.I.G. Also, shout out to Lorenzo and Tracy with the birth of their new baby boy, Kaden. Uh, Rebecca Mitchell Wallace, she says shout out to all my Facebook fam. Blessings to all of you. Can't nothing or no one hold you down. So don't let it and don't let them. That's a B.I.G. shout-out right there, man. Also got a shout-out for my man, my brother, my partner in our movement called I Love Being a Black Father. And if you guys are on Facebook, I want you to go to this, facebook.com slash I Love Being a Black Father. It's a movement, baby. It's needed, and this is what we're doing. But my man's the COO of the company, Rashad Woods. He says shout-out to the Woods family, Word of Life family. That's his church, by the way. My brother, Pudgy Miller, that's me, popping my collar, my Facebook fam, and my black fathers holding it down. And all God's people, God bless. That's a B.I.G. shout-out right there, too. Also got to give a shout-out to my girl, Kelly Smoke, always holding it down, political strategist and mastermind. Kelly Smoke, what's up, baby? Bob Montgomery, shout-out to you at Jaded by Politics. Kimba421967, uh, shout-out to my Frederick Douglass family out there at Frederick Douglass Foundation, North Carolina. We got a convention coming up next month in D.C., baby. Go to FrederickDouglassFoundation.org or FDFNC.org for more information. Also, shout-out to at Sonny Johnson, at Kevin Daniels 5, Alfonso Rachel. Shout-out to my man, Fonzo. He always on it down, folks. Look for him, too. He's out there. B.I.G. in the conservative movement. Shout-out to Puka, Nikki 7 Eric Jessup, D. Nuev, Nevu, Kevin Watkins, D-Train, KTT, at Love Your 
your lips. Also, shout out to Rebecca Mitchell Wallace. Shout out to my man Iron. Shout out to Live and Learn, Brianna Noel Howard, Shawnee Anderson, Kim Lucas, Talisha Hines, and shout out to my man Lenny McAllister holding it down in Chi-Town. Shout out to all my Chicago people out there, man. You guys are B-I-G in my book, and I really appreciate you guys rocking out there. But we must move on. We must move on. Can we get you to cut the music? Man, I couldn't even couldn't even hear myself, man. These white dudes with this rap music, man. You got to you gotta stop them, man. <laughs> they, they, man, they, they wild, man. You got to stop them, man. This dude, let me tell you about my producer, John, right? He's a typical white boy, uh, country white boy. Let me get that right. Big truck, big wheels. Uh, nice truck, jacked up. You can see the bottom of it. He got the big wheels like the like uh, some people say the drug dealers do, but he got the big tires to go with too. Big Mickey Thompson tires, and uh, he's bump rap music everywhere he go. You can't hear. You ride in this truck with him. It's loud. All you hear is rap music, and it's he's chew tobacco. It's just different, and he's conservative. Imagine that. But guess what? He can pick you off about 300 yards if you, if, even if you're not a deer. So that's why he's on my team because he's a sharpshooter. Shout out to my man, John. And I know he's over there laughing. He's in Cali, by the way, folks. I know none of that adds up, right? So um, anyway, moving on, moving on, moving along. I appreciate you guys for rocking with us, man. And uh, there's been a lot going on in the political movement. Today's topics that we're talking about are definitely edgy. I know a lot of people really don't want to discuss them, but I feel like they need to be discussed. You know, whether you like it or not, there's some things out there, there's some issues out there that needs to be talked about, and a lot of people just not feeling it. You know what I mean? But I'm feeling it. I, I think the only way we can overcome some of these issues that we have, folks, is to just simply talk about it. You know, there's a lot of people I disagree with. I was just in Orlando, and, you know, Orlando's like the land of the lost and, and love and free. You know, people out there with their wanger hanging out, these kids, they're having a good time. They, You know, it, Orlando is just a fun city from what I can tell, and I've been there and lived there for a small amount of time or back and forth, and uh, it, it's just a, it's a fun city. But, you know, when you get to talking about politics with kids, with college kids, they're a lot more liberal than uh, what you would expect because, let's face it, they, a lot of them don't have a pot to piss in, and they feel like everybody should give them something. Cool, I get it. You're a college kid. I know you barely off the FML or your mom's tent. I get it. I understand that. But we can have a peaceful, respectful conversation about things and with these kids i have noticed whether they get hot around the collar when you're talking to kids they get it they're listening to every word you have to say and if you're wrong they're going to tell you they're wrong because they want to be taken as a grown-up they they want you to understand that hey i'm grown and i know what's going on too so when you get to talking to these kids i found that when you're talking to adult people that's been around for a while and even conservatives and even republicans and democrats when I bring my views and I express some things that I'm concerned about and we start talking about it, they get the, they get the, uh, what you call it? What was that? Song? The gas face about them. You know, you look at their face and they get the gas face and they don't want to talk about this stuff, man, because I, they, the first thing they say is I've been around longer than you and I've been privileged to know what's going on and I, 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 and I'm saying we, 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 and they're not feeling it because I'm speaking French. That was too fast for y'all. See, I'm a rapper, too. I said French, we, you get it. Anyway, but um, what I noticed we're talking about these kids, man, they sit and they listen and they learn. Now, they get hot around the collar quick. They're ready to march, and they're ready to have a fit, and they're going to throw a lot of facts on you, and, you know, they got their iPhones with them, and they're going to hit you with a Google real quick. You know what I mean? But some things that are going on in this country, it takes more research than just a Google. 
You know, it, it takes more research than just reading a book or two. So some topics that I felt that were, that we needed to talk about today was, and, and this first topic I got from my man Lenny. Shout out to my man Lenny, our man, holding it down. CNN does his thing. Lenny Lenny is, is one of the political uh, gurus, one of the political geniuses of this time in terms of media, I think. So I definitely got to give a B.I.G. shout out to my brother. I call He called me Brother brother P. I call him Brother Lenny. And, uh, you know, shout out to my brother, man, holding it down out there. Always B.I.G. in my book. But um, that topic is, is affirmative action. And uh, just coming up here short with, uh, with our special guest, Dr. Fleming, we're going to talk about affirmative action. Is it still needed or not? You know, is it? Is it something that we should do away with? A lot of a lot of conservatives say we don't need affirmative action. A lot of Republicans say hell no. A lot of Democrats say oh you're racist. We need it. Y'all just don't want us to work the good jobs. I don't know what to say, man. I would love to hear somebody who's out there. And this man is the president of a university of Woodson University, and I'm pretty sure he has a lot to say about that. And a second topic that we're going to be talking about here just shortly is a big one. That most black people would just, I'm just keeping it 100. I mean, I got to keep it real with you guys, but most black people will come out and tell you that the GOP, the Republican Party, is only for the rich. So I'm asking a question to all my listeners. I'm asking a question to all the people out there. I'm asking a question to all the uh, the supporters out there and all the people who hate me, who hate my guts. I want to know how you guys feel. Is the GOP only in support of the rich? And I would love to hear what you guys say, got to say about it. So we're definitely going to take some calls. I encourage you guys, if you're listening online, please call in the show because I would love to hear what you got to say. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of people listening. There's a lot of people that's going to participate that will not call. They just sit back and they listen, and they're going to take in what we give. So I want you guys to 619-638-8559 is the number. Hit number one if you got a comment. I want you guys to share with us. What's going on? What do you think? What is true and what is near and dear to your heart? Even if you don't have any factual info, I want you to tell us how it feels from your perspective, how you feel just from looking at it. Anyway, I got to take a call out of the New York City. Taking a call out of NY. You are on the air with Pudgy. 585 area code. You're the only one. What's up? Hello? Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. You sound cute. What's your name? I'm just playing. I know who it is. I'm just playing. Let me let me get that out there. Let me get that out there, man. I don't want to turn it to the Howard Stern moment. Jeez. Aisha, what's up, baby? Oh, you know it's me. Yeah, I know it's I was you, like, man. I know what time it is. What's you up, get, buddy? You're going to have your husband kill me. What's That's up? my man. Too. I know. <laughs> Matt, what's up, baby? <laughs> He's ignoring you. No, I'm joking. He's like, I didn't hear anything. Oh, um, man. See, I did that for his benefit. But, hey, anyway, let, know, let, let, let me move it along here because I, I got a question to ask you. I, I saw something that came through that I would love for you just to share. It's not even a question. I just want you to share uh, the latest information that we got from the Frederick Douglass Foundation of New York City. And please tell the people who you are so they can understand that you B.I.G. in my book. Okay. Uh, my name is Aisha I am president of the Frederick Douglass Foundation out here in New York. But more importantly, I am a devoted follower of Jesus Christ, a wife and a mother. So, um, and I guess we have a a big a little 13-year-old girl uh, here in Rochester, up in Rochester, New York, actually, who had written an essay 
Frederick about Frederick Douglass, uh, you know, which just happened to be, and she started getting persecuted by the city school district wow. um, because of the essay that she wrote. You know, we we gave we wound up giving her an award, and I don't know how much background you want me to give on it because it's pretty crazy what they're doing uh, to the girl. So you want me just to. You know, ex- explain what what's going on. Oh, a- absolutely, because the, I, I think that I, I think it's important that people hear this story because these type of things are happening all over. We just had a situation with uh, a small child uh, lunch is being inspected. You know, where I, it, it, man, I, I'm lost for words on that one because you know our kids pay what we pay two ten for lunch, I think, a piece. And everybody know I got five kids, man. That's a grip. So if I'm sending, if, you know, if I'm sending my kids lunch to school, and I know this is a whole other topic, but follow me for a second. No, no. If I'm sending my kids to school with lunch, and then you, as an administrator or uh, uh, employee or whatever you call yourself, decide to go in my child's lunch bag or box or whatever it is, and take that food away that I sent from my pocket that I spent my hard-earned money on. And say that's not efficient enough. We're gonna give you some damn excuse me. We're gonna give you some darn chicken nuggets that I know are packed full of preservatives. We're gonna give you these chicken nuggets, and then we're gonna charge your parents for them because we don't we don't feel like the, the administrators now we don't feel like that's a good enough uh, lunch for you. So here we are again with the small child who wrote an essay. Freedom of speech, probably an essay that she was asked to write for Black History, I assume, and she yep. wrote the essay on her own terms, and then these people want to come and say, you know what, that essay was a little bit too strong, so we're going to punish you for it. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. That's exa- that's exactly it, Pudgy. I mean, it's crazy. The little girl, she's a straight-A student, you know, 13. She's been a straight-A student her whole life. Uh, her One of her favorite teachers, it was the one school in – Monroe, you know, in, in Rochester, New York, it was the number three school that was. It was a contest that they mm-hmm. were having. Uh, they were they were given the narrative of Frederick Douglass. They were asked to read it, and from that, they were you know, and it was an opinion piece. They were just supposed to write what's their impression of uh, the book. Mm-hmm. And you know how you know, and, and what's their opinion of it? So she reads the book, and then she comes back, and you know she writes. And this is her favorite teacher. Over the holiday break for December is when um, they had asked her to write it, and it was a voluntary thing, but it was a contest as well. So then they would take all the essays and submit it for all of Monroe County. Right. Um, so the the she wrote, you know, her favorite teacher asked her white teacher, you know, asked her to do it and it's one of you know, they great relationship. So she comes back, hands the essay to her teacher and her teacher tells her, you know, I am you know, Jada her name is Jada, Jada Williams. She said, I am offended by what you wrote here and what Miss Williams had wrote, she just personalized the the book to her to herself and she came through and she said um, you know, at first, I don't know why you guys had me read, you know, write, read this book to begin with. It was a little above my head. Uh, I didn't understand a lot of the words, but since I like to learn, I looked up all the words that I didn't know, and wow. I came back and I reread it again so that I could understand what I was reading. And she said, and I thank you for that. You know, that was the beginning of her essay. We, we posted it on the blog. And she said, and I thank you for that because I did learn something. She said, but the 
truth of it is, you know, this doesn't show, you know, the right race in the right way. And I was, you know, a little offended herself is what she was, you know, and again, she's 13, Mm -hmm. so she needs a little direction. And then she comes in and she said, you know, like there was one part um, where Douglas was learning how to read from Mrs. Ald. And the husband came in, Mr. Ald came in and said, you know, don't teach that nigger how to read, talking about uh, Douglas. He said, if you, you know, uh, teach him how, teach a slave how to read. It'll forever make him uh, unfit to be a slave. So she quoted that part, and she was like, "When I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, that is like school today.' Yeah, it is. <laughs> she it said, is. "Yeah, she she said I saw it." She goes, and all of a sudden I was like, you know, these teachers that are in here, and she said most she said most of these white teachers in here, and she used the word white teacher quite a bit. Right. Um, but all her teachers are white, you know, so, hey, that's what she sees. Mm-hmm. So she goes through and she says, you know, most of them aren't even literate. You know, they'll give them a ditto and tell them to, to do the work on this ditto. But the truth of the matter is half of my peers can't even read. So how are they supposed wow. to do the work? And then she goes on and she said, and the, and the uh, classrooms are chaotic. She said half the time the teachers are spending, you know, managing the classrooms and I don't learn anything. The bell rings. And it's a different class, you know, a different teacher, same stuff over again, and nobody learns anything. And then she goes on to say, and these teachers, you know, these white teachers, they're always coming in here with their degrees and saying, you know, how good of teachers they are and the degrees that they have. She said, but if they're so good of teachers, why aren't they teaching us anything? How come nobody can read in my class, you know? And she goes on a little bit. And, again, mind you, this is a 13-year-old, and this is just her opinion. You know, Mm -hmm. she connected the dots that most adults don't. Uh, connect. So then she goes on and then, you know, she ended up and she said and to all my peers, she said, you guys need to stop just being students and start being learners and take this education serious. She said, the people that, you know, went before us so that we have the opportunity to learn and you need to start holding these teachers accountable for teaching me something. And wow. that was basically her, you know, again, you know, the essays there. And that was her whole essay. They didn't submit her essay for the contest. The teacher told her she was offended by what she wrote. Then the girl went from having straight A's to all D's and F's the very next semester. And we're talking within a three-week time period that she all of a sudden got off. Yeah, and the mother is involved in her kid's life, and she's at the school, and she's, like, started getting calls from the teachers telling her what, a bad kid she was and that she's disruptive and the mom Carla the mother's name is Carla was like what are you talking about this can't be my kid and you know she's always been a good kid right. she went she had a meeting with them and she tried before she reached out to anyone else is like I said I'm just now coming into this situation but she reached out for a while she's like these are my friends these are people that I know the people in the district and I was just taken aback and I just wanted it to be you know settled amicably but now her daughter had to leave that number three school because the teachers wow. were harassing her so much. Yeah, and then they took her and they put her in another school, the number 19 school, and it was Jada's first day. There were four fights that broke out. She came home and said, Mom, I can't go to this school. It's ghetto, and I can't learn what fights breaking out all the time. And the girl's very soft-spoken, you know, like she's not a confrontational type of girl. So that gotcha. was why the essay was even more so. So now the girl is not in any school. She's her mom, who doesn't know anything about homeschooling, is trying to homeschool her while she's trying to figure this out. The school district has stopped answering her calls, won't call her back, and it's just you know a big mess. And now Miss Williams is like, 
I want my kid in school. My kid connects to that. She's a straight-A student, and now she's not even in school at all, and nobody wants to pay attention to what's going on. So we kind of stepped in and said we need to start making calls to the school, to the district, hold them accountable, and those teachers need to be held accountable, and that girl deserves education and deserves to go back to school. So that's Definitely. where we're at. Wow. How can we how how can we how can the listeners what can we do to help? What can we do to support this? Because this is absolutely ridiculous. Yes. Um well they can call the number three school. I know it's long distance. We want everyone from across the nation to call. So it doesn't matter if you don't even live in New York. Uh the number is uh five eight five four five four three four two five. Uh, should I say that? I don't, I'll say it again. It's 585-454-3525. And the girl's name is Jada Williams. And we just want them to start calling the principal of the school, whose name is Connie uh, Werner, and let them know that this is not going to stand the treatment of Jada Williams. That little girl deserves an education and deserves to be in school. And they want the kids, you know, the, that teacher and the whole teacher's held accountable for it. And they can go to the blog. Um, it's fdfny.org, and they can read more about the story. And there's a video of her reading her essay, because we did give her our own award. We gave out our first award ever, the Spirit of Freedom Award, to the little girl, Beautiful. Jada Williams. So you can go and look that up. And, again, that's fdf, like Frederick Douglass Foundation, ny for New York, .org, and take a look at it. We're on it, man. We, called, we are on it. I'm yeah, sorry? it's called they kicked her off the plantation is <laughs> kind of what they did. You know, they didn't want her freedom ways in, infiltrating <laughs> the rest of the students, you know? Yeah. Wow. I, I can't believe this in 2012. I, I can't believe something like this could happen. This is absolutely crazy. Um, we, we're going to see what we can do, man. We'll get some people together. We'll try to call, you know, if, if that's the way we need to go, we'll call, call, call until they readmit this girl in school. And, uh, you know, we'll do what we can. Just keep us posted on it, Aisha, every week. Absolutely. You know, send us an email. Let us know how we can help. Keep putting the information out there, and I'll do the same, definitely. All right. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Pudgy. We are. We will keep on this, and, you know, we'll see if this works, and we're going to take every step that we can to make sure that, you know, some justice gets uh, uh you know, for this girl, Jada. And I hope we're going to see you at the leadership conference in D.C. I will definitely be there. So will Mac. He just was nudging me going, is he going to be there? <laughs> I will be there. So, I'm already ready, set, right. and ready to go. I'm packing now. <laughs> all right. Amen. Amen. All right. We'll see you guys well, soon. All right. See you soon. We'll be listening. I, I, I can't wait to hear this, the other guy in the affirmative action, too. So. Oh, oh, yeah. Doc, Dr. We'll Fleming listening. is ready, man. He He's ready. So he's coming up here just next. And um, tell Matt hello. Tell the kids hello. We'll see you guys soon. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. So coming up here in like two minutes, we got to go to a commercial break. Three minutes. I'm sorry. We'll be right back with the man of the hour. Boom, boom, boom. The man of the hour. Boom, boom, boom. That doesn't work when the music playing, right? Anyway, Dr. A.L. Fleming, baby, is coming on the show here in just a second. You're rocking with the number one black conservative show, radio show online, Southeastern United States, the KRP radio show, WMMG's Keeping It Real with Pudgy radio show, baby. This is how we do. 619-638-8559 is the number. Make sure you hit us up, man. Log on, KRP radio show. Dot com, also on iTunes. 
K-I-R-P, one word, radio, two, show, three. Hit us up. Look up the old, uh, uh, old episode. Sorry, I was on a groove there for a minute. Check out the old episodes, or you can just listen to the current episode, and you could also dial in and listen to the show. If you got a comment, hit number one. We'll be right back with Dr. A.L. Fleming, president of Woodson University, right after these commercial breaks. <laughs> Across America, the NFL and United Way are inspiring kids to get healthy and more active. Join the Play 60 movement. Pledge to Play 60 today at liveunited.org. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to soundshoe.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists that Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. K-I-R-P Radio! 9.8 ounces is nothing. 9.8 ounces is everything. It's the difference between empty bleachers and packed houses. It's the difference between showing up and taking over. It's the difference between JV and VIP. Because the difference between nothing and everything is 9.8 ounces. The difference is the Adidas Adidas Crazy Light. The lightest ever. Available at Foot Locker. Do you have a garage full of old junk? At least you think it's old junk. How about a storage that you've been paying the bill on for so long and you've just been moving stuff into and you're ready to get rid of it when you look at it all the time? Well, if you do, make sure you contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away. Again, that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington, North Carolina. Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates, sterling, old furniture, pottery, signs, old toys, and etc. Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. Again, that's Wayne Prophet. That's the man you want to talk to at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. And if you get a hold of Wayne, guess what? He'll come to you free of charge. And if you can't get to him at that number, make sure you dial this other number. 336-675-4897 And don't forget Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques says Don't forget the reason For the season
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the KIRP Radio Show. You guys hear that music? It sounds like uh, it sounds like the king is coming, right? Like I, you know, I would say Caesar or something, but we ain't, I can't call my man Caesar. <laughs> anyway, shout out to all the listeners out there, man. Everybody supporting the KIRP Radio Show. Appreciate you guys rocking with us another Sunday. It is February twenty sixth, two thousand twelve, and this is the Celebrity Weekend. But you know what? You're rocking with the best, the KIRP Radio Show, and the man of the hour is here. We got him on the line. He's holding. He's ready to rock. We got him on. Do we got him? On? We got him on right now, Doctor Fleming. How you? doing my brother i'm doing fine how you doing how you doing brother Miller? <laughs> good man i tried to give you the proper introduction but i just couldn't do you justice so you know we, we tried oh man you did fine that's all right appreciate that man I, you like the music the little uh that was the nice uh uh i forget the name of the joint be a nizzle too be, okay be a, you know I, I was listening to the show earlier and i heard a couple of different mixes and things of just some things i knew some things i didn't you know yeah, we throw it back. We try to go back, man. We got the old 90s, early 90s hip-hop, you know, with the, the fades and all that, rat tail. <laughs> <laughs> Love that era of music, man. Love that era of hip-hop, man. How, how you doing today, bro? Man, I'm, I'm doing man. I'm blessed and highly favored, man. My grandma used to say that, and that's true. I like that, blessed and highly favored. I know that's right. That's that's the same here. Definitely blessed, definitely favored, man. Got all my limbs working. My 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 small brain is working, so... You know, we're we doing good on this side, man. So, you know, blessings to you guys, and thanks for coming on the show. We definitely appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And I've, I've enjoyed the show from the, uh, the, uh, the the moment about the budget and the sister from New York from the Frederick Douglass Foundation. So I had a chance to log in early and listen to the show, man. And I'm, I'm just happy to be a part of it, and thank you for doing what it is that you're doing. Thanks, brother. It's, it's, a, it's a different angle. It uh, it pisses some folks off. Some people like it. Some people don't. But you know, it. I think it's a way to get in the community with a different scope of people. You know, sometimes you can't sugarcoat it, as my grandma used to say too. You know, don't don't sugarcoat it. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. So um, yes. that's what we try to do, man. Just tell the truth for what for which it stands. And uh, you know, this is just my way. So uh, you know, just let the people, if you would, let the people know who you are and uh, a little bit about Woodson uh, University, if you would. Sure. Uh, my name is uh, A.L. Fleming, and I'm the uh, uh, president and, and founder, if you will, of Woodson University, which yeah. is a, a private Christian university uh, located and headquartered in Concord, North Carolina. Uh, we have the ability to offer degrees from certificate uh, through doctorate. Uh, we have a religious exemption approval from the University of North Carolina system, uh, working on launching our online platform in a redesigned manner um, in the next couple of weeks. And so uh, we're all about providing, you know, a positive, uh, holistic uh, education uh, that is squared against our Christian values. And, uh, of course, uh, we're non-denominational, open to anybody, any student, anywhere, and they don't have to necessarily be a Christian, uh, but we think if they did come to Woodson, that hopefully there might be an opportunity where they would be impressed upon some of the tenets uh, that Jesus put forward, and, and it might just change their heart and their mind. Wow. Man, that that's a – how in the world are you asking a question out of that? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's the, look, that. look, that's that's the education of me, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's the uh, you know the way they teach us in school, man. I apologize. I didn't mean to come in like that. Man, that's I love it, man. That's that's shut. Good night, uh, how Russell Simmons. Thanks for coming out. Good night, everybody. <laughs> hey, man, that's Big right there. And uh, I didn't know that you were the founder of Woodson University, man. That's even more beautiful. Talk about what inspired you to found your own university. 
man, I, you know what I really tell you, um, man, I've been doing this uh, over the last you know, 10 years or so in higher education in different areas of different universities. And uh, I was sitting around, honestly, with a couple of colleagues, and for years we talked uh, backwards and forwards on, you know, if we were at the top of the university administration, what it is that we would do uh, maybe to operate things in a different way. I mean, I've worked at private. I've experienced for-profit uh, and I've been at public nonprofit and, and even worked for the university system for a little bit here in North Carolina. And we just took all of that and we kind of meshed it together, the, the good of all of those entities, and created Woodson. Uh, and so I, I'm not, uh, as my board tells me, you know, I don't often say I'm the founder, but they tell me to be accurate. I, I need to say that uh, mm-hmm. because it was it was my I, my. Uh, I guess fervor, if you will, that brought everybody together. Sure, 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 absolutely. And and I second that from the outside of your board, from the uh, the wannabe board, the hood board, the community board. <laughs> right, right. Put board. emphasis on that because uh, I I think that's important uh, today, especially with with diversity and uh, dreams and goals of a whole lot of kids who don't see past tomorrow. And I, I think that's very important that you could highlight that if not for yourself and if not for the gratification of the things that you accomplished, but for people who desire to be in your shoes, you know? Right. And, and, and hopefully, man, as we get to the topic, I know that's one of the things that I, I'm definitely going to want to touch on because of uh, the kind of entrepreneurial nature that needed to be, you know, in place uh, to create wisdom. So that's definitely something, you know, I'll try to talk on, you know. Well, let's get in it, brother, because uh, as everybody know, um, when I when I first contacted Dr. Fleming, I wouldn't. You, I first wanted to get you on the education show, and our schedules didn't. Uh, schedules had a little bit of conflict, and uh, that's okay because we got you on here now. And uh, the topic of this week for a lot of people, and and we can talk about anything, but these are just two things that I want to highlight. Actually, three, but the main two was I wanted to talk about affirmative action today because that's really come up in the in the topic of a lot of conversations. And uh, there are a lot of people that feel uh, uh, some very uh, strong, have some very strong feelings about this. And uh, another thing I wanted to talk about was the GOP today. Uh, it seems like over the past, I will say, at least three years, or uh, I'll just call it what it is, since Barack Obama's been in office, it seems like the GOP's emphasis has been on uh, reaching out to the minority communities. And uh, for what it's worth, I, I know I've been sitting in some conversations. I know you probably have sitting at the table with a lot of people um, who has a lot of uh, ideas or, or, or ha- I don't know, feel like they have the answer to getting in the black community. So I, I don't know. Is the, is the GOP, because most black folks really think that the GOP is only in supportive of the rich. So let's kick it off with that. What do you, what do you think about that? And, and it, does it hold true? Man, you know, as I was sitting down uh, preparing some notes for this, the first thing that came to my mind uh, to say is, you know, in short, no, <laughs> it's not. Uh, you know, as a, as a a, uh, a proud member of the GOP, mm-hmm. uh, the Republican Party, um, I, we are not. The party itself is not for the rich alone. I mean, I think that's a you know that's a a big topic to talk about. And as we kind of you know dissect that, uh, you know, people join parties, political affiliations, fraternities, and sororities, for a whole bunch of different reasons. That's right. uh, and, and, but the main reason why we join or affiliate with anything is because that organization is squared against our personal value system. Gotcha. Um, and, you know, and I say that to say what it is that you believe, what AL believes, what Pudgy believes, you know, whatever we believe. 
Mm-hmm. And the GOP, you know, and, and, and I'm not an official officer of the National Party or anything. This is simply uh, politics by AL or philosophy by AL, <laughs> if you will. Right. Uh, and, and to me, you know, we talk about uh, as a party, individual family rights, um, ensuring that we have good communities, uh, the self-determina- self-determination, uh, self-reliance and respect. Those are some of the main tenets of the party, and that's black white, blue, green, brown, that goes across poor or rich. That goes mm. against all spectrums. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really boils down to what it is that you believe. Um, and having money does not necessarily make you a Republican. And I know we get into this historical debate sometimes as we go back to the Reconstructionary post-Civil War area, and we always talk about the Hiram rebels and those other Republicans of that, uh, that era who were uh, black brothers who had the opportunity to serve in elected positions. And, and some of my liberal friends will say, well, that was 1867 and all so forth and has nothing to do with today. Well, when you look at it, some of the same values, not people. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes people get caught up in, you know, well, I don't like Jesse Helms. For instance. Yeah, yeah. If he's a Republican, I hate all Republicans. Right. Uh, you know, that just doesn't make any good sense. We, we as black folks in particular wouldn't want anybody to say, well, you know what, I don't like AL, so I must hate all black people. I don't like prejudice, so I must hate all black people. It, yeah. it doesn't even seem, you know, sensible to espouse such a thing. You know what I mean? That's right. Um, wow. And so I think we have to really look at, you know, what it means to be a Republican. And it's not about being rich. And, and I'll go into some other things, but I want to make sure I'm allowed time for, you know, appropriate feedback because I can talk about it all day. Oh, you, you got it, brother. We we got the floor. It's just me and you rocking. We got no callers on here that want to comment. People are just listening. So we're screening calls at this point. So, uh, you know, go right along. We we go where the spirit leads us. Oh, great, great, man. And so when you look at the GOP um, and, and this rich notion that people have, now, I'm willing to wager that most people join the GOP because, again, because of the value system that they feel that the GOP supports. Same reason people join the Democratic Party, Green Party, Libertarian, and all of those other parties. But we're about, as a GOP, wealth creation, job creators, to use the terminology that's been used, thrown about over the last couple of months here in this presidential campaign, and oftentimes you know, entrepreneurs and risk takers. And I go back to what I'm doing with Woodson. Um, I had an idea that I brought to a group of people who became stakeholders, who mm-hmm. invested you know, physically with sweat equity and financial equity and, right. and their prayers into this project. And I'm, you take risk anytime you go into a project like this or any other project. I'm sure you, you know, looked at that as you were starting your own radio station. You know, what are the risks? What is the, the, the value added to doing it? And you got to take those risks. And That's I right. think People who look at life that way is a set of calculated risks that they can take that will not only improve their immediate family lives, but their community, both locally and globally, are the kind of people that you generally will find in the Republican Party. Is there a is there a, and I agree with you by the way. Is there a, a a black cloud that and I hate that terminology, Jesus Christ, but. Is there is there a, a storm cloud that sits over the GOP uh, every time, especially in 2012, every time a candidate says something uh, uh, race demeaning or, or or that has to do with race, period? I, I think so. And, and I was talking to um, 
a friend of mine the other day who is she's definitely not uh, a Republican, and we had this conversation. You know, uh, for instance, look at what uh, uh, Speaker Gingrich said a few weeks ago with regard. I believe he was in New York talking about children should be janitors and so things, so forth, and work ethic. I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he said, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the speaker's intention was to say that there are a group of kids who live in low socioeconomic wealth neighborhoods that are not necessarily, not in every instance. You know, I think that's the problem. I think it's being painted in in the media and amongst some of our liberal friends and even perhaps some of our conservative uh, brethren who don't want him to be the nominee, and I'm not saying he should or shouldn't be, to say easily what he said that all poor blacks and Hispanics should, and whites, what really said, blacks and Hispanics should be janitors that work at the school. Mm-hmm. Well, what would be wrong in providing a job to a poor young boy or girl to learn responsibility with money, to learn responsibility with a position, and to gain some additional work ethic, whether they have it or don't have it? What, when you really break what he said down, what's so wrong with that? I don't personally. I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But but here's here's what I think about that whole uh, ideology, if you will. I, I think that people like. I, I, okay, first of all, the intent. I think the intent was exactly what you said it was. I believe though. I think there's a little bit of uh, uh, out of touch with uh, what he was speaking on, and and that's where I believe people like us could uh, could come in handy, if you will. I think that when you when you're a presidential candidate, first of all, and and you embark on a on a on a wide conversation such as race and and you know minorities and and jobs and you know what may have you, when you're talking about the black community, you have to be right on point, right on target. You know what I mean? You can't leave room for interpret interpretation because the stigma, man, it, especially when you're in the GOP. Now, if you're a Democrat. You can just keep it 100. You can say what you want to say. You can, say. Get it wrong. You can get say what you want to say. You can get it wrong all day long. You can, and then you can come back and rebut it, man. And it's no problem. And and that is what bothers me about the whole thing is that people will dissect what uh, Mitt Romney says, but they won't dissect what a uh, President Barack Obama would say, and or, or or First Lady Michelle Obama says, and they won't dissect that for what it's worth for their own benefit. You know what I mean? For their own benefit. It's like we looked at that comment that, that Speaker um, Gingrich made, and it was immediately wrong because the GOP's wrong. Now, if he had been a Democrat, if, if Barack Obama had said that, which, by the way, he said something very, very similar, if not worse, uh, if, if you want to take it for, for, the, for the full context of it. And, and I don't have it, so people can call my bluff on that. But anyway, what I'm saying is that when you come to a conversation like that and you make a comment like that, I think Speaker Gingers needed to be more on point, if not more informed, you know, before making a comment such as that, even if it, it was a feel-good moment. So I absolutely agree. I, I, I think absolutely we need agree. I... Go ahead, sorry. No, 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 go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I, I think that I think that all the all the candidates, all the congressmen, um, just speaking on that, I think they need to spend more time in real world. I think a lot of them are out of touch, and that's part of the problem. They're out of touch with Middle America, 
and and while they realize economically and sometimes socially what's needed for the people because a, a lot of a lot of uh congressmen represent the district properly but a lot of them don't so i think there's more time that need to be spent with real everyday people uh, uh, almost probably it should be in their job description mandated that you must spend X amount of hours, maybe signed, sealed, and delivered by the governor. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I, I just feel like they need to spend more time uh, with real everyday people to get a sense me, of what people are really going through. I'm going to jump on a point in what you're saying. I really think why the speaker got what he said wrong or couldn't word it right, if you will, is because of his lack of involvement yeah. with black people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, and I don't know that for a fact. I'm, I'm willing to wager, though, that mm-hmm. he is not surrounded with, nor does he typically engage with a group of black people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for instance, I have a, a coffee group that I meet every other day or so um, at my at downtown, in downtown Concord. And it's some white men and black men together. And as we sit and talk about things, we educate each other, if you will. Let's say, well, That's right. And I let them know things they shouldn't say. Or you know, or the method in which they say it, how it can be presented. You know, you need to say that differently. You know, uh, I had one of the older gentlemen called an Asian gentleman Oriental the other day. Wow. I said, well, that might not be the most appropriate way of saying that. In fact, <laughs> you know, um, and so having those kind of conversations, I think that the speaker is you know devoid of that. And I also think when. Uh, uh, not President Romney, but I think when Governor Romney <laughs> talked about that was a, <laughs> when, when Governor Romney talked about uh, you know he it wants to be the president. Uh, he's not so much concerned about uh, poor people, if you will, or or uh, rich people because rich people take care of themselves, and, and, and poor people have a a system and place to system. Um, that he's more concerned about middle class people. Well, that, I don't see what was so wrong with his statement because he he went on to qualify that when he talked to Soledad O'Brien to say, when he, and talking to her, I said, if there's a problem with their system as their president, I will tr- work to fix that. Right. But That's my right. main concern is those folks in the middle class who do not have a mechanism whereby which they can receive any assistance. Rich people will take care of themselves. Poor people at least have a system in place that, albeit may not be perfect, we can work on and fix, but there's nothing at all for the middle-class mom and dad who's sitting on top of a foreclosure, you know, not a system that is permanently in place. There are all these little patch job things with these foreclosure uh, monies given to the banks to help for state, uh, you know, state some of these things, but mm-hmm. I, I think that's a reasonable point he made, and I think we have become so desensitized to being objective in politics. You're either a Democrat or you're a Republican, and there's really no way in between. And I say this as a former conservative Democrat sure, uh, who's now a moderate Republican. I hear you, you loud and clear. I, you know, I, I like um, to say I'm a Colin Powell Republican. But. I hear that. I, I hear you, brother, because, I, I, you know, I, listen, I'm independent, man. I'm, I'm registered independent. And and when I when I changed my voter registration, I was just pissed off. I, I was mad at the damn president. Let me just tell it like it is. I was mad at him. Grab my card. I'm like, I'm going. To, I'm changing this. I'm independent because I don't agree with nobody right now. And which in a, president you talking about? Uh, Obama president or Obama. Or no, President Obama. Okay. I was pissed off at him. Pissed off, brother. And um, only because I helped campaign for the man. I went around country. I, man, I made a song. I did speeches. I was in New York with Russell Simmons and Lil Bow Wow and all that, Lil Kim and all that crowd. And it was a feel-good moment. It was beautiful. Everybody was happy. You're going to change and hope, hope and change. 
and and I ate the damn cheese, part of my language, because I'm getting pissed off a little bit more than I think about it. Long story short, I think that was the key, though. I think that was the highlight of my life because no one is in total agreement, and and that's something that I think conservatives need to learn from, Republicans, Democrats, Amen. everybody. There's nobody that are in one. 100% agreement. Look, we fall in love with our girlfriends and our wives, and we live with them for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and we can hardly stand them one day, and we can love them 364 days of the year, and then one day they're going to do something to just get on your nerves. But guess what? We do the same thing to them. Right. So if you can't agree with your wife that's in your household that you totally fall in love with or your children or your family, there's no way a group of people within a party that are only, that are only like-minded individuals ideally um, can, agree, can totally agree. And what happens is people don't call these candidates on their stuff, man. They don't call them on their stuff. They don't hold them true to what they believe. And a lot of times the message or the, pl- the platform's message, I don't really care about the individuals. I care more about the platform of the party for what it stands because I equate it, what I say to a lot of people, I equate it to church. I say you got a lot of pastors out here that ain't hitting on this and then you got a lot of pastors out there that are on fire for God. And then you got a lot of members out there that ain't hitting on nothing. And a lot of members that are out there active and on fire and they do the right thing. But what you you don't look at the people who aren't doing the right thing and go, you know what? Those people make me sick. I'm not going to be a Christian anymore. You know, we don't do that with, with, with our religion. So I, I don't understand why we do that with our party and the things that are morally right for us and that are fiscally right for us. If you don't believe in what Newt Gingrich said, so be it. But at least look at the platform that you believe in and the platform that best represents you. And don't leave that platform because those values that they were founded on hold true. Yes. 619-638-8559 is the number. We're going to take a call out of the two. No, let's get let's go to the 919 since you're the only call up here. Call out of the 919, last three digits, 204. You're on the air with Pudgy and my special guest, Dr. A.L. Fleming, president of Woodson University. What's up? Uh, hey, it's it's Kelly uh, Smoke, and um, I just wanted to comment about um, the GOP being for rich people. Of course, it's not, but I even want to extend further. I think that your Democrats have much more polished politicians. Um, when you have to campaign for a minority vote, you have to look at that culture. You have to be around that culture. So somebody like uh, Bill Clinton, because I think he was one of the first, well, Jimmy Carter did it too, but in, in recent times, Bill Clinton was one of the first um, successful politicians to fool uh, black people into them thinking that this white man was really for them. I mean, uh, Tony Morrison said that ignorant statement that he was the the first black president, you know, yeah. just because he knew how to, you know, get along in a sense when the cameras were present. Um, and I don't think you, you won't see that with the Republican Party because they're not used to getting black votes. They have no reason. These are not the type of people that grow up with black people. They go to private schools. I mean, Mitt Romney's dad was a governor. To me, You know, I think the whole lot of Republican candidates are clowns this time. You know, it's like for him, to me, running for the presidency is just like a next logical step on his resume. You know, these types mm-hmm. of uh, people, they are rich and they are out of touch. I mean, the fact that this guy can even hide money in the Cayman. I mean, I, I got money in two places, the state, the, the state credit union and Wachovia, and I'm, I'm probably about to get out of both places because I'm, 
I'm getting nervous, <laughs> you know, with the yeah. gas prices are making me nervous. So yeah. I might get all my money, all you know, all two hundred dollars out, you know, and <laughs> right. <laughs> move that money out it, you know. But um, I think that's what you see going on, and I think that's what people are pointing the finger at. They see the elite, and see the thing is, Obama was a millionaire before he came. It came to president. Most Clinton, yeah, I think all but nine U.S. presidents have been. Millionaires. I think I read that somewhere yesterday. That's the thing, you know. But the thing is, they don't come off. The Democrats have not come off like elitist, like the Republicans have. And in that statement that Romney made, to me, it sounded like his campaign person, his me, or his media person, hates him to for him to have even made a gaffe like that. Because I hear what you said, uh, A. Yeah, but mm-hmm. the the statement. How it sounded, because the thing is, yes, poor the poor vote too. And the thing is, while you may think their nets in place, and while he may think that their nets in place for the poor, there there are poor people who make a dollar over the amount of being caught, but they still can't be considered middle class. You know what I'm saying? Mm, it's a numbers right. game, and they're playing with the numbers all the time, like on unemployment. I hear the. White House celebrate, oh, the president made 3.7 million jobs. Well, I know the White House, I heard years ago, they could take credit for creating a job even if the job lasted one day. But around here, you know, I told you where you come from, I travel there once every two weeks. You know, I see what it looks like in eastern North Carolina. Oh, yeah, I'm from from there. Yeah, I don't see what these 3.7 million jobs have done in eastern North Carolina. And people have to remember, jobs have been leaving the east, the factories, and the industry has been leaving the East long before the recession. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and people don't talk about that, but they're talking about 3.7 million. The way I look at it is when the people that I know are unemployed, when they start telling me they're getting jobs, I'll say, you know what, things are moving. But the fact that they're just moving the numbers game. So you got people, basically all I, I called to say was that you, you got the wrong people in a sense, representing the platform. You're absolutely right. We need to be looking at the platform, but let's be honest. Look at Romney. He's a flip-flopper, and he seems arrogant. Newt Gingrich, I think he's the one who knows what he's talking about in a sense because he knows DC, he knows that whole system. But right now I think he's even scaring the white folks because he can't help that his hair is white, but he looks like the reason that everybody else hates the Republican Party, they, this idea of the old white man. You mm. know, and that's what Newt looks like to them. And then, and then Sam Torm, I mean, he's he seems to be this extremist, you know. And, and all candidates run as far right, you know, if they're running for a Republican primary or as far left, they're running for a Democrat primary as they have to. But, you know, this is our lot. And then Ron Paul, I, I don't even know. I, I don't know what he stands for, what he does, or why people are so crazy about him. He seems, you know, very like legalized <laughs> marijuana or something like that. I, I don't know what, what people's whole deal is with him. It's his, it's his more libertarian view, you know, that you should have the right to do whatever that you want to do as an American citizen that doesn't directly infringe upon my right as an American citizen. And, you know, oh. I, I think that's what people's fascination with uh, what Congressman mm-hmm. Paul is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, kind of to some degree, though. I think what we do, though, um, as as people in general, is that we have get these unrealistic expectations about what any president can do, or or, or for that matter, what any governor can do, uh, and what they were originally designed to do. 
right. you know, for, you. for us and, and what we have put them into this box that they are supposed to do. I mean, there's nothing about the original creation of the Office of the Presidency or that of the federal government, in fact, that's, a, that's directed at creating jobs. But as we have, as the country has grown over the last century or so, it's become a priority, you know, for the people that we seek. That you know, government is only really again, a yeah, government is only really supposed to do those things for us that the individual cannot do well or do at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and we, I think we we have given up some rights uh, to the federal government which they do not have and shouldn't have. That should be what we, as a local community, do to make lives better for our family and for future generations that come after us. And so, there's only so much. I'm going to put in any president or any presidential candidate because how realistically are some of their policies going to affect me day to day in Concord? Well, I think that's what that and that's that's part of what we're seeing too is that with this whole jobs initiative and this whole economic nightmare that we face in this country, this is part of what we're seeing. We're seeing presidents take on their own. Uh, agenda, their own life, and, and go. They'll tell the American people, uh, "We're going to create jobs. We're going to create jobs for the local people. We're going to create jobs for uh, 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 everybody in America." Listen, what kind of what kind of job can the government create? Let me ask you guys both that. While we're on the topic, what kind of job can the government create that you're going to retire from, or that you even can put ten years in and and live and fix this economy? Is there one? Not anymore. It used to be the post office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mentioned, I think, it, it, go ahead, Kelly. I was just going to say, if I have uh, been on the USA Jobs website, which is the government job, if they would just make the government jobs easier to apply to with the Amen. same that people could understand, just open that up so that those, because the government seems to have a lot of jobs and I, aren't being filled, if yeah. they would just make that process easier, to me, that would be worth a vote. You know, but I that think. process is so difficult. you got to know somebody to know somebody to know somebody. And that's, I'm, it's like fix what you can fix. But I think really the president just take any job that's created. I think if you started your own business, Pete, and had 10 jobs, I think he would say he created them 10 jobs. He create, He stimulated the economy enough for you to feel confident in starting your own business. Them 10 jobs is part of his 3.7 million jobs. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I'd to circle back around to the topic we talk about, is the GOP for rich people? You know, one of my one of my good friends is former uh, RNC chairman, Michael Steele, mm-hmm. and we talked uh, a little bit today and, and a few weeks, a few months ago, and we talked about, you know, some of the uh, the, the purposes of why a, a black person may become a Republican or why a person may become a Republican, period. And when you look at it, really and truly, if you are Democrats are in favor of welfare social programs that are designed indirectly or directly, depending on how you want to argue, they keep people in a state of subservience that sure. they can never get out of unless something inside of them sparks them to want to do better. Yeah, you know that that's a personal thing. But if you are one of those people who don't want to do anything ever then you definitely want to keep a program in place where you will continue to receive benefits based off the dollars of those who do work. Mm. Um, You know, you look at, I call them Facebook millionaires. 
you look at the Steve Jobs and the Bill Gates and the uh, and uh, Zuckerberg, the guy from Facebook himself, sure. they are guys who had a crazy idea that was totally contrary to the way business was being conducted Absolutely. at their respective times. And they are now, the th- in the last 50 years, they are the three most important men on the planet in some regards, and not one of them graduated from college. Mm. Isn't that something, though? It, that, that has a... That's something, man. To to people who are are looking at that, especially to college kids or or high schoolers, uh, if they get their hands on this story, you know that's going to spark a dream in them. It, and, and, and it should, you know, it, yeah, it, an American it, dream. Absolutely, and and I think that's something that maybe needs to be uh, talked about more. Maybe it needs to be exalted more. Maybe more kids need. Maybe they need to be given these books in school and some of the end of the year books that they're getting that's going to get them nowhere. Because what I'm seeing out here, man, is a lot of kids, and I was talking to you just briefly about that before, but a lot of kids don't desire to go to college anymore. Um, a lot of kids don't desire to put the time in high school that requires them to even uh, be able to go to college anymore because it just don't it don't pay off. Every day they're hearing the news say there are no jobs. Every day they're hearing the president talk about, or, or maybe not every day, but you hear the president and his administration talking about college uh, kids getting in more debt and not getting the job. Who wants to go to college after hearing that day after day, week after week, year after year? Who, who wants and to go it, to college after that? You're right, and, it, and I think it takes the entrepreneurial spirit that is in a Democrat and Republican alike to decide that you want to do something that's going to better your life and the life of your immediate community. One thing uh, former Speaker Tip O'Neill always said is all politics is local. And, man, that's true because you have to affect your immediate area because you live there every day. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do that's going to make life better? Then how do you replicate that? It's just like the same thing with a business. You create a small business, and if it works, you have a scale of economy, you can grow that. It's scalable. It's, it's able to be replicated elsewhere. And how other people want I don't let, – let me let me ask you guys this, just, just moving a little bit forward. Kelly, you still on the air with us? I don't know if Kelly – I don't know if we lost Kelly or not, I'm, but – I'm still here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you great. Let me ask you guys this right here, and and this probably it is it, touching the nerve of a lot of people, but uh, affirmative action in 2012, because just going a little further from what I said earlier about, you know, a lot of people not wanting to go to college, um, that is going to cut you when you don't have, you almost have to have a degree for everything today, whether even if it's just to uh, apply for a particular job. But what are you guys seeing uh, um, on on the side of affirmative action in 2012 in the business world, is it still needed, or can we do without it? I'm not going to say is it still needed, but can we do without it in 2012 and beyond? Kelly, 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 Kelly asking you first, Kelly, from a female yeah. perspective. Oh, this that's that's a hard one. I think that yes, we can do without it, but I think sometimes we got it that plantation mentality. You know, but if, if something is not set up, you know, if, if there's not a safety net, you know, we'll fall. But, yes, I think we can't do without it because I think statistically it has benefited white women more than it has benefited your uh, typical minority. Um, and what I'm talking about is, is black people or Hispanic people. So it's benefited white women more than it's benefited anyone. And um, to me, they're the least of all people um, who who 
need um, affirmative action in place. So I say, yes, we can do without it in this day and age. And what what do you think, Dr. Fleming? Now, you know, I, I really think um, I, I, I certainly understand why they developed uh, the program in the first place, the initiative in the first place. But I think there's a background on it that I think that might be important for your listeners, too. You know, in 61, when JFK created uh, affirmative action, it wasn't designed to do what it is that we're having it, you know, do today. They wanted to just make sure there wasn't any direct discrimination against others with regard to federal employment is really what it was talking about at, at the time. Um, and, you know, somebody might fact check that and, and find that I got the variation on that wrong. But And then, you know, LBJ came in in 65 and made it so it affirmed the government's willingness to promote, you know, a full realization of equal employment amongst all race at the time. And then, you know, there were certain laws that have added, you know, sex, religion, creed, and, and so forth and so on over that time frame. I think that a person should be hired on their merits, and I think they should be fired on their demerits. Mm. Um, and I try to do that and what I do uh, each day. I, I really, I personally don't think race should play a factor into uh, employment opportunities um, or college admissions and things of that nature. However, I do understand the notion as to why people may think it needs to exist. Because, quite frankly, there are some people who might very well discriminate indirectly or directly against some folks because they're black or they're brown or, or that they're a woman or, or their sexual orientation or their, their nationality. There are people who would do that. I think we can all say that fair. But I think you attack that issue when it presents itself. Um, I don't think you necessarily put a broad, you know, uh, a broad overarching solution into place where a problem necessarily hasn't been identified. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense to me. Um, just just piggybacking off that, and and this is the first thing that comes to my mind but that I that I've heard that over the test of times. Um, is is there a is there a quiet white uh, boys club that just don't really want to hire black individuals still today? Because I, I knew it exists in the past. I mean, let's let's just call it what it is. But well, the, the good it, old boy network. The, the good old boy network. You hear some? Like, let's talk about the good old boy network because when when black folks commonly uh, hear affirmative action, this is what we allude to: uh, the good old boy network, and they just don't want to let us in. Let, let's talk about that and really put it out on the line. Does that it still exist today? Yes. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. And 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 in in what ways have you guys? And I'm not I'm not talking about personally, but uh, what do you think the challenges are with that? Like, how do they? How does it uh, show itself? Oh, I'll, if if you don't mind me cutting in here, the media. You you talked about that at the very beginning of the show, but um, I get up and watch the local uh, ABC News affiliate here, and as well as Good Morning America. They talked about obesity on Good Morning America. They were just showing pictures, motion pictures of black women's butts, you know, as wide as a, a school bus. And I'm thinking, there are more, <laughs> more than fat black women in America. I noticed that this kid um, who who, sh- uh, who accidentally shot a little girl, had a gun in his book bag in, in Seattle, ha- have not seen his face on the news yet. Had that been a black third grader, 
his whole family's picture would have been on there. They'd have had a picture from birth to that day showing it on the news, and it's like they love to show, they love to put a black face on crime and poverty. And I think that that is the good old boys club at work. So it's not necessarily in discrimination as far as hiring policies, but the fact that they want to continue to keep a, a black face on crime and, and poverty in the media. I think that that's uh, a prime example of a good old boy network. That's definitely a different perspective. Dr. Fleming? I, I, I'd have to agree with that. Um, you know, in, in some regards, I see people um, who put, I have observed things that can certainly be considered as the good old boy network. And, I, you know, I see people can say, oh, well, AL is a good black guy. Mm-hmm. You know, do you, you understand what I mean? And so as a sense to say that I'm a part of this club, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, uh, you know, you are who you are. Uh, and I think that some people don't care if, if that makes any sense. Um, because they're, they're just people who are going to discriminate against people because I don't like you, mm-hmm. and and I think one of those one of the genres of I don't like you or subsets of I don't like you is I don't like you because you are black because you are white because of this and the other and because there's a this other person who's in the group of people that I do like and I have an opportunity to help them over helping you I'm going to do that. Um, I think we. It's, I think it's no different than one of us liking somebody and doing something for a friend or somebody we consider to be a brother or a sister and not helping another person who we don't. Uh, but I think that it's just more personified amongst whites because of the leadership role white men have had since the founding of the country. Um, it doesn't, you know, demystify it, you know, and it doesn't water down uh, their ability to impugn progress. Um, but I think something's even greater than that now when you talk about the good old boy network. It's really rich people, mm. <laughs> you know, people who have wealth. Because I, 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 one of my favorite TV shows is The Jeffersons, and one of the uh, best things I think George Jefferson ever said is if you have enough green to cover up your black, it doesn't matter what, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You can do what he, he lives in the Upper East Side Park yeah. in Manhattan because, he, you know, because he had the ability to do that. And so, man, I, I, I think that it's true, but I think a lot of people use it as a stumbling block and a reason not to go the extra mile and be the best that they can be and do and do well. I think some people use it as a stumbling block. I don't look at it that way. I don't live my life as A.L. Fleming, black man A.L. Fleming. I live yeah. my life as A.L. Fleming who happens to be black. And I, I, I love my brothers and sisters. I love my culture, and I, I love where I'm from. And I, I don't hide in anything that I do. And I think that's what probably makes me successful with the people that I interact with is that I don't play the race card, if you will, in everything that I do. And I think some people do on both sides. Oh, I don't play this. Uh, I wouldn't play the woman card if I was a woman. Mm-hmm. And I think there are people who play those cards, and that's why you still have that network of people who dislike those subsets, those subgroups of people who use those things to their advantage, and in some instances, unjustifiably so. Uh, you know, if I'm a general contractor and I get a $100 million contract simply because I happen to be a minority contractor, I may not have been the best contractor. I may not even have come in at the best bid, but I got that contract just because I happen to be black. I know some people don't care about that, but personally, I would probably have a problem with that. Wow. We got we to gotta go to commercial, and I have a question for you guys. 
Um, and, 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 you know, while we got you here, I hope you guys can keep rocking with me. But I have a question for you. And uh, you guys going to love this. We're going to put a little spin on things because I, I do feel like this is an important issue that we need to talk about. But I think we need to talk about it fairly, if you will. So uh, I want you guys to think about this over the commercial break. We got five, four minutes, three minutes on the commercial break. I want you to think about this question for one second. If looking at affirmative action, can a white or Hispanic benefit from affirmative action if a black person don't want to hire them? Think about that for a second. We'll be right back. WMMG's home of the KIRP radio show. You rocking with us, baby, and we doing it B-I-G. On the air with my man, Dr. A.L. Fleming, president of Woodson University, and we got my girl, political strategist, Kelly Smoke. We're going to ask him a little bit about Rick Rick Santorum and his... uh, Got a little bit of controversy going on with uh, birth control. We're going to talk about birth control. We're going to talk about uh, eugenics a little bit. But mainly we want to talk about affirmative action again. So three minutes, we'll be right back. If you're rocking with us on, on the air, make sure you hit us up online. If you got a comment, 619-638-8559 is the number. KRPRadioShow.com is the web address. You can also find us on iTunes. If you're on Twitter, we're looking for your ad and your shout-outs, man. Dan Forrest just tweeted, shout-out to all the campaign supporters and contributors and donors out there. Shout-out to the next lieutenant governor. Folks, if you don't know who to vote for, for Lieutenant Governor, Dan Forrest is the man. That's who we're supporting. We'll be right back after this commercial, man. You're rocking with the KIRP radio show. Yeah. Do you have a garage full of old junk? At least you think it's old junk. How about a storage that you've been paying the bill on for so long and you've just been moving stuff into and you're ready to get rid of it when you look at it all the time? Well, if you do, make sure you contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away. Again, that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington, North Carolina. Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates, sterling, old furniture, pottery, signs, old toys, and etc. Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. Again, that's Wayne Prophet. That's the man you want to talk to at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. And if you get a hold of Wayne, guess what? He'll come to you free of charge. And if you can't get to him at that number, make sure you dial this other number. 336-675-4897 And don't forget Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques says Don't forget the reason for the season Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, 
sign up for Sound Chew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com. The number one online music tournament. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. That's 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. the KIRP radio show. Man, I love my producers, man. They hold me down. We moving on up, folks. Uh, on the air, you know, we, we got some crazy topics, man. And uh, we got my man, Dr. A.L. Fleming on the line, president of Woodson, founder and president of Woodson University out of uh, Concord, North Carolina. Is that right, sir? Yes, sir. And we got my girl, political strategist extraordinary, Sonny Smoke on the air with us. Calling out of the RDU. That's that NC State alumni. Ain't that right? <laughs> yeah, I had to put you on blast with that NC State love. At least I showed y'all some love, man. You know, y'all, y'all basketball team. Anyway, moving right along. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shout out to my Tar Heels out there. I know a lot of people are going to hate that, but guess what? That's too bad. Um, you guys are B.I.G. in my book, man. I really appreciate you guys. 619-638-8559 is the number. Hit number one if you got a comment. And uh, we're just moving right along, man. We're talking about affirmative action um, either way you look at it. And, and before you guys get on, I know I just asked you a question before the break, but before I ask you a question, let's go to a caller that just popped on here and uh, out of the 816 area code. You are the only 816 caller out there in the land. You're rocking with Pudgy, and you got the floor. How you doing? Pudgy, you still never recognize my number. Man, I don't. I'm... I'm I got a bunch of them on here, and I don't know why I don't ever get the eight one six Thomas man. But you know, you definitely B I B I double G in our book out here. How you doing, brother? I am good. I haven't caught your show in a while, but I wanted to call in and give you give you a little love because you are doing crazy things out there, and I'm proud of you. But my comment will be short and swift, and let you know that um, here in Missouri, I am starting. 
the Missouri chapter of the Frederick Douglass Foundation. Hey. And we're gonna we're gonna be popping and it's gonna be off the chain. I love that, man. And and I'm mad at John because we still don't have a round of applause on here. I'm gonna have to do it myself, but I'll give you a round of applause on that. I, I appreciate it, man, because that that's big, as you know. I do a lot with the Frederick Douglass Foundation, the media coordinator for North Carolina, uh, for what it's worth. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you, man, and, and I hope that works out well for you. Uh, however we can help out here, please let us know, and, uh, you know, we'll definitely reach out and try to help you, brother. What what sparked the interest Most with definitely. that? Let me, let me ask you what sparked well, the interest with that real quick. Actually, because I did an interview with Kaplan Aisha on my show uh, a couple months back, and... Um, she gave me the foundation website, and after that, I'm like, okay, devoted Christians, um, active Republicans, and I, I didn't memorize. There was three things that was there, pro-life, devoted Christians, active Republicans, and the biggest thing that caught my that caught my attention was the fact that it's an organization that genuinely cares about people, all people, and not just trying to lump everybody into one category. So that's that was the biggest draw for me. Well, I love it, man. And, and you know, we definitely wish you the best on that. Like I said, any way that we can help, if we can help, we will help. And, uh, you know, we wish you the best and blessings on those endeavors. Well, let me let me drop a little nugget for you, and I don't know what your plans are this summer, but I am part of a, um, a big event that's going down here in in Missouri. It's called the Rally for Common Sense, <laughs> and essentially what it is, it's a movement of black conservatives, but it was organized basically by tea partiers. Mm-hmm. And my friend Kim, who is the is the master, well, the brain behind everything, she was the um, state coordinator for the grassroots Herman Cain campaign. And um, after he after he withdrew from the um, withdrew from the campaign, she started looking for some type of event to put together, and she started looking for, you know, keynote speakers, and it so happens that that all the main keynote speakers were black conservatives. Um, Herman Cain is going to be there, Pastor C.L. Bryant, Alan mm-hmm. Keyes, and we're working on trying to get um, Star Parker and Colonel Allen West and quite a few more, but Kim asked me to put the word out to a lot of uh, uh, black conservatives all over the nation, and invite them because this this uh, what's going on here it's it's really a major groundswell to the point that we've already had um, a situation where they're trying to stop the rally before it even gets started. So wow. it's it's a major event. So um, I would I would love to invite you. And you know, to come down, I I invited Tim from the national office to come down, so he may be coming down as well. So, well, that that sounds great to me. Um, we'll we'll get with it. We we'll see if we can't schedule something. We'll get together and uh, we'll see how that goes. I would love to be there, even though black conservatives probably don't like me because I'm on a blacklist because I already got some damn common sense, and a lot of them don't. 
So they come talking all this nonsense, man, and then I ain't trying to hear it. But anyway, you know, we'll talk about that later. Right, right, I'm I'm probably on the bad bad guy list. They got me sitting in the corner, but I can't be contained. Anyway. Why why is that, though? Because, man, I'm I'm a free thinker. I'm, I'm a free thinker, and I'm a free speaker. And I don't go for the status quo. Like, I, I don't believe everything that the establishment believes. And I don't think people should commonly agree with things just because the establishment believes it. Just because you're a part of a group and a group has an ideal or, or, or an opinion about something, if it's not right, it's not right. And I'm going to call you on it. I'm going to say it's not right. I'm the guy that stands up in the audience and go, hey, I don't believe that. You know what I mean? So everything doesn't work for me. And, and people seem to want you to go with uh, – uh, uh, their opinion and their views, and when you speak against that, and 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 you here's the thing you got to remember too. And and real quick, I know I got to get back to my to my guests, but here's the thing you got to remember, man. When when people uh, get to a point in their lives when they feel like they're somebody uh, above right. the rest, they don't like to be called on their stuff, and they get easily offended. And and that's part of the problem right. with this conservative movement. People have people get tight too easy, man. They too you know, like they get hot around a collar too easy when you start calling them on their stuff because, you know, they go to all these speaking engagements and, and, and pardon my language for a minute, God forgive me, I'm working on my mouth. But, you know, people get to kissing their ass and, and they, they get easily uh, uh, put on this pedestal. And, and I'm not one that easily, I don't kiss ass, man. I, I just, I'm not good with that. You know what I'm saying? You it, Hey, I, I appreciate who you are, but I'm not waiting in the line to take a picture with you. I, there's nobody hey, that man. important to me. I'm not going to wait in line to take a picture with you. I'm definitely not paying for your autograph. I might buy your book, but I don't want to hear about all that stuff. And that's why I was pissed off at CPAC because I went down there and all I heard was people talking about what we did, what we did. Here's my book. Buy it. So I want to hear more about what what are we going to do to get together to help change some lives and help mold the communities that we have some emphasis over. So, you know, I'm probably on the blacklist for that, but that's what I believe and that's who I am. Well, no, I don't know why you would be on the blacklist because that's the very reason why I'm just conservative, but I'm not a um, registered Republican because I'm like you. I keep it real, and if somebody is doing something wrong, whether they're a black conservative or not, then I'm going to say something. And just one last thing just to prove your point, mm-hmm. and then, then I'm, I'll let you get back to your guest. Um, when Miss Charlotte Bergman got – Got um, when she got uh, criticized by that guy in Memphis on the radio show. Oh, yeah. I heard a lot of black conservatives come out and say, "Well, she should have been prepared," and blah blah blah. And I'm thinking to myself, "Wait a minute, you're talking about the fact that she wasn't prepared, and she, and this man disrespected." Um, a woman supposed to be one of our own, and you're worried about that she wasn't able to write the answer the questions right, man. And it just comes. Kind of, so I, mean, I feel you there. You know, you know, just speaking on that, and and I gotta go. Jesus Christ, y'all know how I get. But let let me just say one thing about that whole scenario, and whether she answered the question right or wrong, or for or against or prepared or not. Here's one thing that I gotta say. That Miss Charlotte Bergman is one stand-up individual to, to be to, to be able to not disrespect that man equally the way he disrespected her. 
without being able to right. put our hands on it. I'm going to put my hands on that, man. I'd have been in jail. They'd have said, they'd have said look, see, that? that's how they do. That's exactly what the headlines would have said. That's what they do because I'm one of them. Right. I'd have put my hands on that man the way he disrespected her probably. I don't know. I hope I wouldn't, but, you know, God ain't through with me yet, as Steve Harvey can say. But um, he totally disrespected her. That woman is very classy. She was very astute and very, very, a very proud woman. And she loves her position. Yes. And and I thought a lot of that for her getting up and even extending her hand to that man after he totally disrespected and humiliated her on the air and uh, via TV. So I thought a lot of her for that. And there's a lot of people that I know who could not have done that. So I say she's one right. class individual for that. And much props to her. And much love to you, my brother. I got to move on. All right. Great show. And I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, man. More blessings to you. And we'll be in touch. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. On the air with Dr. Fleming and uh, Kelly Smoke. Kelly, I got a, I got an email from one of my listeners who must be a, a huge fan of yours because she said I called you uh, Sunny Smoke. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. No problem. Sunny and I argue a lot. So that's probably why. I love her to death. She's like a sister to me, too. And we argue a lot about things because we're both passionate. But anyway, back to the question, because I know you guys probably got to break off here. Dr. Fleming, I'm sorry for keeping you over your time, but I appreciate you rocking with us. And, oh, no uh, problem. My pleasure. Um, talk, back on the topic of the show, talking about affirmative action, um, let's play role reversal a little bit. I asked you guys right before the last commercial break, uh, how did you feel about if there were if there were blacks um, who didn't like whites, for example, you know, can a white person or Hispanic benefit from affirmative action if a black person doesn't want to hire them? Uh, does that exist today? Uh, have you seen it? And, and what do you guys think about that? Kelly, you want to go? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't really watch BET anymore, but the fact that Justin Timberlake and, and Justin Bieber are played on BET lets you know that affirmative action is <laughs> well now I realize that BET isn't black owned anymore but it's still called black entertainment television and <laughs> you know Justin Timberlake and Justin Bieber I, you know I've never even heard a song Justin Bieber has sung but I no. don't believe that's black entertainment <laughs> he's nice you know he can he do the he can do the Michael Jackson moves and all that him and Chris yeah. Brown you rocking that yeah, exactly. So there you have it. it, it so it's a, it's a live on both sides. Um, Dr. Fleming, from an educational standpoint, um, there's a lot of HBCUs out there, and uh, oh yeah, I have seen uh, white students at those schools, and it gets me to wondering: Does it work the same on the black side? When a white kid wants to go to an all-black school, how does that work? Um, is there a certain amount of individuals that they have to allow in those schools or in the university system or in the college system? Well, there's, alone? No, there's, there's no quota system uh, well, in North Carolina, at least. There's no quota system really on how many at HBCU, anyway, that I'm aware of. Where it comes into play is that um, the historic mission of HBCUs never discriminated against another group of people. You know, there were never policies in place that specifically said only blacks can enroll at our schools. Um, and so it was all, it's just that you never had anybody who was black who wanted to go until around the 50s or 60s um, in some instances, or in some instances even later than that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, with affirmative action, uh, you know, there are a lot of minorities now. When you look at the definition of minority at mm-hmm. a campus, a lot of whites or Asians or, or Hispanics, for that instance, meet that requirement, and they will uh, be able to go to those campuses and receive those minority grants. Because black campuses, just, you know, HBCU campuses, just like any other university campus, wants to have a diverse population, you know, sure. that their students can be exposed to. Um, but, man, you know, really and truly, I mean, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Uh, affirmative action, albeit originally designed for the use of blacks, it doesn't say specifically only blacks. That's it right. just says that, you know, by race, color, religion, creed, et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's fair enough. Uh, we can't have our cake and eat it too. In that matter, that's right. That well, that that's what that's what uh, make, makes me ask that question um, because commonly we don't. It's it's not looked at from that perspective. Normally, um, I you know I just got to say what it is, man. Normally, white people get a, a get a messed up shake from that because you know they always looked at as the uh, the uh, the ones who don't like uh, affirmative action when. Uh, when the truth of the matter is, it doesn't have anything to do with white or black per se now, per se. I know in the corporate world, I know, you know, it's looked at that way when you when you find an office building and there's only one or two black guys within that building, you know, people assume that they're in there because of affirmative action. And I don't, I, I, I'll, have, I'll have to say also that I know some businessmen who feel that way also. You know, they'll. I, I've heard in uh, various groups that, and tables that I've sat in, well, you know what, man, I need to hire a black guy, and, and because I'm gonna look that, I'm gonna be looked at as a racist, or I'm gonna be looked at a certain way. So you, sometimes you find uh, what some people would say that token black guy uh, at a business or at a corporation, just because someone may feel guilty because they don't have a a black person or another minority in that business. But it's not even looked at in way of religion. It's not even looked at in way of. Uh, 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 any other creed is mainly looked at as white and black, and that's almost taboo when you talk about it today. So, I I, I don't know where we're gonna go with this. I, I don't know if it's gonna end. I don't know if you know. I don't know if it's gonna be voted on to do away with affirmative action. I really have no clue. But I know it's been the topic of discussion a lot out there. So I thought I would bring it to you guys from your uh, professional standpoint or opinions. Um, Rick Santorum has this fascination with. Uh, Social issues, it seems, all of a sudden. And uh, the way I remember it, he was one individual that was uh, said, let's get away from the social issues and let's talk about policy. Um, lately, he's been talking a lot about uh, the birth control uh, mess that's going around. Um, can either one of you guys shine some light on this? Because I don't know what's happening, and I think a lot of listeners don't really know what's going on uh, with this birth control issue, if you guys do. If, if, if I'm not mistaken, what it's talking about is uh, with the Affordable Health Care Act, one of the tenets of it is that employers must be must provide uh, access to prescribed contraceptives for their employees. And uh, there's discussions about whether or not there are certain uh, institutions of religious origin, like, say, a Catholic hospital or Catholic colleges and universities, for instance, or any religious-based organization if they provide employment and health care, should they be forced to comply with that section? And that's really, uh, from what I know, the big argument is should they have to provide that? So a lot of those institutions are suing uh, the government based on an infringement upon 
uh, you know, I guess a separation of, of church and state to some regard. Ah, wow. Um, Kelly, from a female perspective, how do you feel about that? Um, I, I personally, I don't think that the religious institutions should have to go against their principles. I mean, and, and I've always stated it. Um, it's, you know, we can argue as Democrats, we can argue as Republicans about things like where should we put a stoplight, but when things intersect with God's law, we have no choice um, as Christians but to stand with God no matter how bad it looks to the world. So I understand why the Catholic Church, and I, and I realize that the, the, the liberals fire back, well, you know, all these Catholic women use birth control, but the church has, they can only stand with what God says. That, that's what they're there for. Um, and so I don't believe there should be a mandate uh, for them to provide birth control because that's, you know, it's it's their religion. And, I mean, I don't think anybody wants that war because now those are the battles that have been raging for centuries, these religious wars, you know, and people never get tired of dying for this stuff. So I think um, I think the, the current administration would do good to, to – to back off of that, to let them opt out of it, and um, and and let women um, who need birth control figure out, you know, how to get it outside of the healthcare plan if they work with one of these organizations. Wow, I think we just walked through a big door, and I, I won't even keep going on that because there, there's so much that I that's going through my mind about that right now. We have to save that for a later time. Um, <laughs> Kelly, I appreciate you calling in. Sorry I kept you so long, but you know you always okay, thank you. You always drop some jewels, yeah. man. So I hold you hostage. Thank you. I had a, a good evening. I appreciate it. No doubt, and uh, we'll be speaking to you soon too. I'm gonna put you on uh, mute here. And Dr. Fleming, uh, I just want to ask you another question about Woodson University. Uh, how can people find out more about the school? Uh, people that may want to enroll, you know, more information. Uh, what can we do to find out more about Woodson? Sure. Uh, they can certainly call 704-762-1394. Uh, that's the uh, main office number, and the operator can get to them. Or, and or they can visit us on the web at, uh, of course, www.woodson, W-O-O-D-S-O-N-U, dot us so woodsonu.us and there's information about admissions and degree programs and things there and of course facebook and twitter are always options as well that's beautiful man and um we're going to put that info out there to folks make sure to see see you know maybe we can get them, them enrollment numbers up and you, you also said something about online classes that you guys were getting ready to offer or you already we are we already offer. We're about to we're about to launch a redesigned uh, version of both our, our home website and our online uh, portal, and so that should be launching here hopefully in the next uh, two to three weeks. And so uh, the same information they can contact and ask about taking those courses either online or or on ground here in Concord. Gotcha. And these are only university courses, right? You don't offer any GOD high school diploma courses, right? Not that we could offer online, no. Uh, but we do have a, a relationship whereby which we could offer some GED courses if we had a sufficient amount of students enrolled in that program. It is one of the things we think is important, so we have the ability to make that happen if there is a demand. Well, that's something that you and I will talk about, my brother, very in-depth. And I think Kelly uh, probably we, – we'll set something up offline 
and uh, okay. we'll, we'll come together and see see what we can do to talk about that because there are a lot of kids dropping out of school. Um, there are a lot of kids that don't feel like school is needed. So, you know, I, I think there should be alternative options out here, man, and that's, that's just me. I've got a perfect project I'm working on we can talk about offline. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 I'll, let's set up some time to meet, man, and I'll, I'll come up and check you out. We'll do lunch or something so we have all the time in the world to talk. Sounds great. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. I appreciate you coming through, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again. Certainly. Have a good night. Thank you to your listeners as well. You too. Be blessed. That's Dr. A.L. Fleming, president, founder, Woodson University, man. For more information on Woodson University, log on to www.woodson.us to get more information about Woodson University, folks. You could also call 704-762-1394. They offer online classes. They're about to relaunch a, a redesign they're about to launch a redesign, excuse me, uh, for their online classes. So all you guys who, you know, if, if you're seeking uh, uh, an online curriculum or you're looking to go to school, log on Woodson University, I'm sorry, WoodsonU.us and uh, hit them up or call the admissions line. Once again, that number is 704-762-1394. You can get with the operator. She can move you guys right along. It's B-I-G to have Dr. Fleming on the show, man. That's the president of a university. That's not something that... That's not something that you get commonly on a lot of radio shows. So, folks, we're moving in, in, in various directions. We're trying to bring people to the table who's going to make a difference in your lives directly, not just people who write books, not just people who are out here doing things with politics, the movers and the shakers. We're trying to bring people on the show and bring people uh, uh, along to what we're doing in, in our movement that can make a difference in your lives that are, that's beneficial. But you got to be willing to meet them halfway. So these are the type of people that you need to stick with. These are the people that you need to seek out, research, and talk to. And as you can see, this brother, this president, this founder of a university is a, is a very cool guy. Very regular guy. Very educated, but very regular guy. So we definitely appreciate him coming on the show. He's B-I-G in my book. If you want to find him on Twitter, folks, at symbol A-L Fleming uh, 06, I believe that is. At symbol, is that right? Can we, can we get a confirmation on that? That's at symbol A-L Fleming 06, if you want to find him on Twitter. So hit him up. Maybe you got a comment. Maybe you want to tell him how, how good he was on the show and, and how you appreciated him on the show. That's cool. You know, people like stuff like that. So at symbol A-L Fleming, F-L-E-M-I-N-G-0-6. Thank you for that, John. And uh, hit him up and let him know, you know, we appreciate him coming on the show. He's definitely B-I-G in our book. Folks, I got to go to a commercial. I'll come right back, and we're going to wrap up the show. You guys just hang on with us. Uh, we're moving on up. A trip through Liberalville. Come with me on a trip through Liberalville. Call it what you may. The ghetto, the hood, the block, the trap is nothing more than the outcome of liberal policy. If the Negro in the ghetto must eternally be fed by the hand that pushes him into the ghetto, he'll never have the strength to get out of the ghetto. That's Carter Woodson, and it's the premise for this article.
Now, when most people think about Liberalville, called by one of the aforementioned nicknames, they think drugs, crime, trash, and desperation, low-grade public housing, limited job opportunities, and no chance at a quality education. They just forget to look at the equation. People plus liberal politics equals total degeneration. You need a better tour guide. What's really there, the liberals had. People of all faiths, colors, and creed, all with a basic need to belong. See, it's the same song from 8-Tracks, the Wax CD, the iPod. Living in Liberalville is hard. Or is it? Let me tell you what I see when you remove the democratic elite. I see the poet. Feelings into verbs, action into words, a revolution has occurred in modern-day storytelling. His wit is hard to defeat, his desire makes it hard to compete, but his skill stays on mixed tastes and side streets because we find value in the industry. I see the artist, a vision in his head, bigger than any paper or pad, graffiti formed on walls, and it's sad. We find no value in the art that he shares, so it stays in Liberalville halls instead of on museum walls as property values continue to fall. I see the pastor. Broken and remade, no longer weighed down by past mistakes, saved and enraged. Those around him continue to fade from God's glory to government shade in an attempt to be made into what our Savior already promised. I see the banker. Never stepped foot out of Liberalville still. The boy can convert euros to yen and back to dollars again, accounting for inflation and taxation trapped in a situation where he doesn't understand the value of his instant computation. I see the politician on a mission to stand in opposition to anyone who would change the rules halfway through the game. He can rev up the folks, folks and gather the vote, but it's a shame. He has no power or desire until shots are fired and the people need someone to blame. I see the lawyer. Not court, but street-appointed masters of defense. Not bar, but street associates of common sense. In a pinch, he can play name that crime. He can list the charges, guess the verdict, and predict prison time. Dirty hands and deeds protected by a brilliant mind. I see the social worker. Two kids of her own, two of her brothers, never doing for self, always for others. I shudder to feel such a back-breaking weight. Low funds, short supply, and empty plates, and a support system that says, wait, fall a little further, then we'll save the day. I see the psychiatrist. Oh, she may be whacked out, she may seem, but for free she'll break down your dreams whether you asked her to or not. She spots those who pass with a swift kick in the ass and says, hold up, not so fast. Your mom did it and so did I. The answer to your problem is not getting high, it's doing more than just getting by. I see a promise. I see a possibility. A promise and a possibility with a capital P and potentially the only salvation for our community. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D. 
C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. Welcome, welcome back, everybody, to the KIRP Radio Show, WMMG's home of the KIRP Radio Show, keeping it real with Pudgy, and that's me, at NC Pudgy on Twitter, at KIRP Radio Show. That's where you can find us at on Twitter. Also, Facebook, facebook.com backslash KIRP Radio Show. That's where you can find us at on Facebook. Um, we're also on iTunes, folks, so if you didn't catch the whole show, you can catch us on iTunes uh, under the podcast section. Make sure you look us up, K-I-R-P, radio and show. Um, on today, we had Dr. A.L. Fleming, president of Woodson University, come on the show. We also had political strategist Kelly Smoke come on the show, and uh, they held us down for this evening. I can see all the activity, and there's a lot of people who uh, either liked or didn't like what they had to say. So uh, if you couldn't get on the show, maybe we couldn't get to a couple calls. I see we had four or five on there that we couldn't get to. Uh, send us an email, or you can post it on a Facebook page. The email address is kirpradio at gmail.com. Someone will get back to you, but please leave a topic in the headline. Um, just closing out the show, and we've got three minutes to go, I just wanted to say, speaking on affirmative action, um, We'll never have the government will never have the answer uh for common sense. There's not an administration that has ever uh uh been in the White House that could give you the common sense that it takes to survive in this society in this great nation that we call america that are that that are that is built on dreams and uh if we can't dream above and beyond the policies that they put in place. Um, we're going to be stuck in a sense of always wanting, always needing, um, asking, and barely receiving. I think that in this country, uh, while there are things that are needed uh, in terms of, of fairness, if you will, I'm, I'm not the fairness guy, but while there are things that are needed in terms of fairness, if you will, uh I can't say that a per- affirmative action is one of them. If you really look at statistically, uh, you know, the disparities in numbers from race to religion to uh, uh, gender, um, the disparities are, are, are vast, vastly different. I, I mean, they are they are way far apart, and I don't think it has anything to do with uh, racism. I don't think it has anything to do with affirmative action. I think mainly it's education that we have to look at and lack thereof. Um, education is not promoted in a way that it should be promoted in this country, in our households, and in, in our personal lives. And I think that's the first step. That's the first stop that we need to focus on. We need to stop and realize that it does take education to get where we want to get and beyond. And until we realize that and focus on that, and I don't mean all the time in college, I don't mean all the time in high school, I mean you really have to pay attention. Parents, we have to pay attention to our kids and see what they're good at. 
We have to see if they really comprehend and understand the things that we're putting them into. Sometimes we put them in situations to excel, and we really put them in situations to fail, and we don't even realize it because we're pushing them so hard to do what we seek for them to be doing. So you have to understand your children and put them in a, in a situation to excel. Um, and until we do that and be fair about it, we're going to always fail at these things, and we're going to always blame it on things like affirmative action and, and these other uh, 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 policies and ideas. Um, I'm not saying that affirmative action is wrong. I'm not saying that affirmative action is right. I, I think in in uh, in some areas it's probably needed, but uh, you know, outside of that, I think we need to have an individual mind and a spirit. And and like I was saying before, we need to pay attention to what's going on in our lives to be able to excel and not even have to uh, uh, depend on policies such as affirmative action to excel us and propel us in life. Um, speaking on the GOP supporting the rich, listen, a lot of people don't like the term it is what it is, but this is one of them times where you just have to accept it. Um, it is what it is. And and I say that because if you look at the Democrat side of things, guess what? They're for the rich too. So in, in, in essence, you just have to understand that it is what it is because both sides of the party are for rich. Both sides of the party promote getting paper, but only one side of the party promote getting individual paper for oneself. And that just happens to be the GOP, whether we like it or not. Um, the reason you hear so many GOPers, GOPers talking about uh, uh, not having entitlements is because a lot of them promote individuality, individual individual. Uh, uh, prosperity. So you won't hear a lot of them talking about entitlements. Me, myself, I'm the same way. While I realize entitlements are needed in this great country called America for people who are doing for themselves that just couldn't get over the hump and need a helping hand for a small while. But the problem that I have with entitlements and, and, and the problem I have with the Democratic Party is that entitlements aren't shaped in this country then they are not shaped to get you out of that hellhole the problem with entitlements is once you get in that entitlement system you cannot excel above and beyond without cheating that system that system is set up incorrect from the beginning you know if you make a dollar over minimum wage if you have three thousand dollars in your banking account that you you're kicked off the system See, if this system was shaped and backed by education, then I would be all for the entitlement system. If there was a period of time for which if one's on entitlement for X amount of years total, you're not eligible anymore. Now, that may sound harsh, coming from, but coming from a poor kid from Wilson, North Carolina, I know what it means to be on entitlement, but I also know what it means for people to raise a generation and a, another generation from a parent to a daughter, from, a, from that daughter to a grandchild, and that grandchild and their children being on entitlements and just making do with what they're given. See, these entitlement programs that we have today does not promote education. It does not empower people and until those programs empower people i will speak out against them because i know for a fact that they entrap people 
It's the individual that gets off these entitlements. It's the individual that gets off their butt and goes to work every day. It's the individual that decides, hey, I think I need to go get a degree to get a better job. It's the individual that goes to seek that job, does their homework, and create their own business in America. It's always the individual. It is not the government that empowers people. It's people empower people, and they empower themselves. So looking at the GOP supporting the rich, yeah, the GOP supports the rich because the GOP supports the individual and the individual's efforts to become rich if that's what they want, if that's what they feel like they need. And until the Democrat Party start doing that, until the Democrat Party starts promoting other people instead of themselves, I'll never be in support of that. So I'm over my time, folks. I hope that this show has been a blessing to somebody. Um, I ask God to forgive us, and I ask God to forgive you. I ask God to bless us, continue to be a, a, a inspiration in our lives, and, and continue to lead us in the way that we ought to go. Um, the Lord is my Savior, and he shall not lead me astray. I hope you guys check us out next week on the KRRP Radio Show. Next week's topic is some. It the topic is is homosexual marriage wrong according to God, or is it just wrong to hate us? And the reason we ask that is because there's a lot of pastors that support uh, homosexual marriage. There's a lot of pastors that support homosexual activity. So I want to know what the people think, man. We're going to take some more calls next week. We got a couple of guests coming on here that's going to tell us their opinion. And I hope you guys will call in and give us a little bit of information that you may have. We are over. If you guys are listening on WMMG every Wednesday night, we are live in L.A., live in D.C. I appreciate my WMMG fam out there, 530 a.m. through 1600 a.m. on your radio dial. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, iTunes. Do whatever you do. Tell somebody about the show. You guys are B-I-G in my book. I appreciate you guys always holding me down. And don't forget, God is love is God. I'm out of here. Shout out to my man A.L. Fleming, president and founder of Woodson University for coming through. My girl Kelly Smoke and all the callers, everybody out there in Radio Land. All the people out there in Twitter, Facebook, on the blog, all over Internet land. We appreciate you guys rocking with us. You are B-I-G in my book. I am out of here. One love. Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real Only gon' recognize, still, still I reckon I will Like we always do with this time I go for mine, I get to shine Now throw your hands